What's happening, y'all? Welcome to the Hella Meditated Podcast. Thanks for checking in. So before we get started, let's just take a little pause. Let's arrive. So take a moment wherever you are. Take it a moment to look around. Feel your feet on the ground. Taking this moment to pause. If you're driving, keep your pause on the steering wheel. And just notice in this breath, this in and out flow of the breath. Maybe taking a long, slow breath in through the nose, filling up the whole body. And letting a long, slow breath out. Nice. Welcome. So again, thank you for checking in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, not the best at this podcast stuff as far as putting out content, but whatever. I just go with what feels right. And um, I've had this podcast on the burner for a while. Um, it's an interview, a conversation with a good friend of mine, Clifford Dinsmore from the band Blast, uh, Seized Up, um, all kinds of different projects, um, Space Boy, Oh, man, we talk about all of them. Anyway, I've I met Clifford um, maybe it was a lifetime ago. It was eighteen nineteen, and I remember seeing his band play in Santa Cruz, and it was surreal. This 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 person on stage was bigger than life, and it was just like kind of scary and intimidating. But then when I met him. He lived in the same area as I did, and I'd see him on the streets, and he'd go, hey, and inter- introduced himself to me, and it's just like, it was this the coolest thing where there was no separation from the stage to how he was um, in person, you know, it was... There's no audience-artist audience separation kind of thing. It was super cool, humble salt-of-the-earth kind of person and it really inspired me in my music on my music journey and he's kind of been a unspoken mentor of mine always looking up to him even the style that I get into of you know my expression on stage sometimes is totally ripping off Clifford but uh you know I've always had a sense that Clifford had a deeper just this old soul this deeper connection attuned to nature and in spirituality really and um yeah so invite him on the podcast and it's just been a really good conversation I'll let y'all get to it check it out check out his bands I'll put all the links in the notes of this thing so I hope you enjoy if you like it like it, <laughs> subscribe and review. <laughs> like the podcast, subscribe and review. And check out my my uh, website, josephclements.com. I got some groups coming up, um, in-person groups, some online groups, meditation, mindfulness, and well-being uh, groups and workshops. And also work one-to-one with people, helping them find a meditation, mindfulness, and spiritual path that is tailored to their needs and what's happening in their life. So check it out. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Welcome to the Hella Meditated Podcast with Joe Clements. Let's go. All 
right, what's up, everybody? This is Joe. Um, welcome to the Hella Meditated Podcast. And today I am super honored and excited to hang out and talk with, you know, for lack of better words, words local legend, uh, <laughs> but just a fucking still awesome. Alive, barely. Still alive, barely. Uh, living legend in Santa Cruz, at least for sure, and just uh, a person that is uh, very special to me, um, Clifford Dinsmore. Um, welcome, man. Glad Thank you're you. here. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the Com Talk. It's oh, nice to finally be here. Like, I I've know, always you know? wanted to check this place out. I can't. I really, seriously can't believe you have been up here. <laughs> I think there's a couple times where we connected, and I was going to come up here, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's rad to finally be here. Yeah. Now I know where it is, so I could stop by. So. Stop by any time, dude. Any time. <laughs> Seriously, I'd love to if I can get seized up in, up in here, you know. But yeah. I know where, where you guys record these days. Uh, lately, we've been. I think we're going to actually do this again too. We recorded with Paul Miner. Oh, that's killer. Okay, in yeah, Orange right. County, and that's like um, cool as hell. We were talking about doing some other stuff with this record, but yeah. it's just like that was actually personally probably. The most comfortable recording. Yeah. Well, Paul's Ex so fucking rad, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. experience that I've ever had, yeah. not to mention the sound that he got for us. Yeah. yeah is yeah. really definitive. And I think, like, the new stuff that we're writing is just going to kick so One, much I freaking ass. Imagine, yeah. I mean, it's only, you know, the first one was good. Like, it's a great record. I listened to it and I'm like super stoked. Yeah. But it's like, I think, you know, these new songs and, yeah. and he's just really like, you know, like when we were down there, he knew all the words, you know, he like, we sent him pre-recordings. Cool. So he, he was like actually invested yeah. in it. That's, that's and so we did the whole thing in three days, Damn. you know, Damn. it was insane. So. Well, I want to get more into that, but let's like, let's timeline this shit. Yes. <laughs> you know, so Seized Up is, is your newest band. That's what you've been doing lately. You've been doing all kinds of stuff and we'll yeah. get into that. But so basically I just, um, you know, I, I kind of like one of the points, I don't know, the intention, let's say the intention around this podcast is um, it's called Hella Meditated and kind of the crossroads, like I told you, the crossroads roads between music, spirituality and just lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, meditation and mindfulness, that's kind of where I come with the spirituality part of it. Um, you know, especially getting into it earlier, I thought that it, I had to keep shit separate, especially the punk rock stuff. Like, I'm either yeah. punk or I'm spiritual, you know, I'm talking yeah. in a soft voice or I'm screaming into a microphone. And it's like... No, that there's no. a total correlation there. I mean... 100%. Yeah. Musically, you know... I mean, spirituality is is fueled by music. I mean, to me, music is my closest link to spirituality would mm. be surfing music yeah you know yeah so it's like i mean it, it's spirituality is where you find it yeah. you know yeah, yeah. and everyone finds it in a different place yeah. you know yeah. but it does exist on some level for everyone you know totally and that's that, that's kind of one of the questions that i had you know it was what had was um yeah what is even like for you what is spirituality what does spirituality even mean you know what I mean? It's like, it's... I don't know. I think it's just a, a closeness or a link to the God source, you the know? God source. Which, in my opinion, isn't any particular God. Sure. You know, there's obviously something higher that you have to respect sure. on some level. I don't really know what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't have a specific version of what it is. But in my opinion, it's just like the universe and the earth. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's basically like what created us, what gave us yeah. life. Yep. And it's like basically, 
you know, you could be as like spiritual as you want or claim to be, but if you're not paying homage to the direct life support mm. of the earth and what sustains you, you know, especially where the human race is at now, like it's basically just destroying the God so source. Detached. Yeah. Like we are in the most like spiritually devoid, you know, space that we've ever been in even though there's a lot of people there's this pop spirituality going around where <laughs> totally, yeah. people's phones tell them to go <laughs> yeah. like pop find their pagan roots and stuff <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean it's just like yeah. like you know pleasure point is like probably the grossest example right. of like that used to be such an incredible place totally. and you know, I used to be able to just, well, first of all, you used to be able to live there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's just put it We'll start there. But um, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, to go watch the moon set there or yeah. the moon rise, it's yeah. like, you know, it'd be full moon and you'd go down there, you know, at night and yeah. there wouldn't really be anyone there. Yeah. You know, now yeah. everyone's phones like invent some like blood red strawberry wolf moon or something. Give you gotta the, see give it. Give every full moon Change some fancy it. name and yeah. all of a sudden there's like 80,000 <laughs> people. Like, I mean, yeah. it's like the boardwalk down there. Yeah, I've seen like hundreds of people just like lining the cliffs with their yeah. phones trying to get pictures of the moon and yeah. shit. And it's just like, it used to just be so much different, you know. Yeah. But I mean, and then for, for the people that don't know, the Pleasure Point and Eastside San, it's it's in Santa Cruz, the Eastside Santa Cruz. Yeah. It's like Pleasure Point is one of the uh, most popular breaks, and yeah, yeah, it's just changed. It, over it was the basically years. like a surf ghetto. Yeah, yeah. Like a really like funky, bitchin' yeah surf ghetto to mm -hmm. the point where it's like you know if you could put up with the the mold and the rats <laughs> and the lack of insulation and like yeah. You know, you could I mean, live for like cheap. Yeah, you yeah. could, and it yeah. was like no one really wanted to be there except yeah. people who surfed. Yeah. You know, and it's like now, it's just turned into Silicon Valley by yeah. the sea, and it's just like, you know, it's just it's hideous. Yeah, we'll just it is leave bad. it at that. Yeah. I could get into yeah. like yeah. volumes of stuff on that yeah. one, but <laughs> well, we can if you want. If it, but, <laughs> but I, like, I, so that kind of brings up the question: is you know. Um, so did you grow up in in Santa Cruz or uh, yeah 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 it's like we uh I went to Rio del Mar school oh you did and then Aptos Junior Aptos, High yeah. and then Aptos and then okay. SoCal and so then here's Cabrillo. the Aptos uh, yeah I want to talk about that a little yeah bit too, yeah but yeah so Aptos is a little bit south Capitola it goes Aptos Capitola and then Santa Cruz yeah, yeah. at that time in the 70s you know it was an incredible yeah. place to grow up I mean you know, I grew up on, on Cliff Drive and, um, mm -hmm. you know, just like Dog lived up right, the yeah, street, yeah. D.C., all these people, yeah. just everyone. Hal Turner was right across okay. the street, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, So you had a little crew. Yeah, and it was yeah. like a lot of the streets weren't even paved at that point. Yeah. Like, now when I go back there, all the cypress trees are gone. Damn. It's just everything's just kind of different. It's still kind of the same in terms of, yeah. like, Aptos still is pretty cool. It's just a little overcrowded. But a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, this area really was a great place to, to grow up. And it's just like the way things were back then, it's like it mm -hmm. makes me kind of trip out sometimes where mm -hmm. I'm just glad that almost that I'm a senior citizen because right. yeah. it's <laughs> the like way I, things may be going. I would hate to be like a young person now. It would just be difficult. It'd be know, difficult. Yeah. It yeah. seemed to be a lot easier yeah. back then. I mean, you could get away with just about anything. And yeah. Yeah. Tons of space to do your thing without yeah. cops or like yeah. 
people breathing down your neck where now it's just like i couldn't imagine but there's no way more power to the kids that you make <laughs> the best out of it these days <laughs> that you know? are actually having their own identity and <laughs> yeah. doing shit yeah man yeah i have a uh, 11 year old you know and just like some of that with me you know is like fuck man it's like yeah kind of seeing that same this this change some for the better maybe but most of it is just like not how it was and not being that old kind of fucking like yeah. back in the day kind of shit no but it just was different you it's know it's relative so, you know it's yeah just, super it's, relative yeah. and just still so how can i uh, uh kind of nurture and how uh show my kid that you know there is that kind of freedom kind of thing and how cool santa cruz really is still you know in some yeah. sense you know it's like being you know not taking too much pride because you live here and we'll talk about that the santa cruz pride but i mean just like it's a but beautiful, to be up here especially it's like, a beautiful place to live you know? yeah yeah and we like this is like kind of where the what well, used to be now it's, it's kind of getting overcrowded again or as with like everything but kind of where it's the another, locals it's another example it's another example just the santa cruz syndrome yeah. what it's become exactly you know? but santa cruz mountains used to be like one it was like taboo i never wanted to live up here it's like i don't want to fucking live in those mountains you know what i mean i know and it was a there. place to go if you wanted cheap rent you know and well now, that's what happened right everywhere and you know it was kind of where like, the locals yeah. went to retire the locals yeah. went to fucking actually still live in santa cruz county you know yeah totally but even that is is there's no, a it's huge shot. Shift. Santa it's, Cruz is shot. Blown in terms out, man. Of like, yeah, you know, it's blown out. But it just really is. So being in Santa Cruz in those early days and in Aptos and stuff, it's like. So I grew up in you know seventies, eighties. Um, so what what kind of kid were you? What, what were you into? And, and what what you know what being in Santa Cruz like? You know, there's probably the the, the stereotypical things, but what were you into? And how were you as a kid? Just surfing and surfing. and skateboarding. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Santa um, Cruz stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. you know, going to the beach every day. You know, yeah. like. Like, it was just, you know, it was really fun. It was, like, it was a great place to grow up, yeah. you know. It was yeah, just, yeah. like, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of beach access even at that point in time. And we would just walk the beaches until yep. we found a sandbar. And yeah. in those days, if you found a sandbar, and you Sandbar know, where the, a good break is, yeah, a good where, peak. Where, yeah, where there's a good, yeah. Yeah, cre the riptides down there create these incredible sandbars and down at Beer Camp Beach and stuff down like there. Like anywhere, like we would go down at Hidden and we'd surf that whole right. zone because it is such yeah. a big stretch of beach. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it has to be a sandbar to really find it, not a closed out break. Kind yeah, of thing, and before right? like the uh, resort in Seascape was built right. or like uh, yeah. changes, it everything. all filled in between there and La Selva. You could walk those beaches if you found you could find a, you know, a bar and surf it for like a week or two, yeah. you know, as long as... Before it shifted? Well, basically just as long as you could keep your mouth shut before <laughs> yeah, people figured people it out, it. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but there was no way to really like check a lot of those places, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, you know, and it was actually all nude beaches, like uh, between, like below where the resort is now, yeah, and yeah. then uh, Camp St. Francis between okay. there and La Selva. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind just, of about you know, by the cement ship, kind of like that's kind yeah. of the cutoff, right? Yeah, yeah, but everywhere used to be really loose in Santa Cruz. Yeah, like every to, yeah. beach was a topless beach exactly. or a exactly. beach, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Back then it was like people just did whatever just they wanted, did, yeah. you know? Because yeah, there was yeah. just so much, like, uh, just so much space and, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. When did you um, when did you start getting into the, the 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 music scene like the into music and what what kind of brought that about? Well, my uncle was I was always really into music and my parents were really cool. Like, you know, they'd take us to see stuff. They weren't 
taking us to see like Sabbath or you know really heavy stuff yeah. but we were seeing a lot of music you know in santa cruz well we'd go to like the day on the greens we'd oh, see okay. like you know leon yeah. russell and like oh, no shit. bands like cold blood and you know ufo and like uh jay giles you know yeah. and stuff like that oh, yeah, so we yeah. had a lot of stuff like that and then my uncle was a dj uh in the like 70s a radio dj yeah for oh, like cool. He started at KZSC and then he okay. ended up at K Wave and then KMBY, I think oh, it no was. Shit. Yeah, yeah. And so he would get tickets to all the shows at the Perfect. Civics and yeah. at the Civic shows. And then he would uh he would take us to a lot of shows. Like yeah. Creedence Clearwater was my favorite band, and that was probably my first real concert. You right, know? right. Yeah. We got to go see them. Fuck, you got to see them. That must be yeah. just like It was oh, insane. Yeah. yeah. Little shit. kid at Oakland Would you see Coliseum. Coliseum? Yeah, what? Oakland Coliseum. Oakland Coliseum, damn. Man. Yeah, that was actually a funny story because, uh, you know, it was like a surprise thing where like a week before, you know, like, so I wouldn't get too wound up like, yeah, yeah, anticipating yeah. it for like months or something. It was something. a surprise for you? Yeah, okay. and it's like all of a sudden, okay, we're going to see Credence. And oh, I was just shit. like, no you were, way. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, I was yeah. probably in like third grade or something. Or, um, and so on the day that it was about to happen, and this is the old... Aptos Rio Del Mar. There right. was no deluxe foods. <laughs> you know, Rio Del Mar Boulevard was a was bumpy, pretty much nothing. just bumpy two-lane road, right? Yeah. And I remember we're going to see Credence, you know, yeah. and it was my mom and dad were still together. And uh, I remember they were kind of like arguing a little bit before <laughs> we left the house. And uh, all of a sudden we're in the car and we're right by, you know, where deluxe foods is now. And just all of a sudden my dad just flips a U-turn and my parents are screaming at each other, oh, and it's like all of a sudden we go back to the house, and I'm just like throwing a tantrum. Because like, you're supposed to be going. Yeah, and my brother's so young at that point. Dave, he's just Dave. oblivious, you know, like yeah. he was practically a baby at yeah. that point, you know. <laughs> and so we're going back to the house, and they're screaming at each other, you know, like typical 70s, like yeah. all my friends' parents <laughs> yeah. were divorced parents, you know, <laughs> yeah. or like. And um, so we get back to the house. You know, the door slams, they go in the room, they're just, I hear all this noise, they're fighting, they're oh, screaming. And it's over, so in yeah. your mind, you're like, fuck. Right and all right. of a sudden, my mom comes out, like, crying, and get in the car, you know, so we get in the car, and she was going to take us to Credence, she was that, fuck you that. Know, We're going to dedicated. <laughs> so then, like, my uncle, we pull up at my uncle's house, uh -huh. who lived over by the harbor, and at that point in time, no one would turn down a Credence ticket. Hell no. You know what yeah, I mean? crazy. So we get to his house. His girlfriend runs out crying. He's like, let's get out of here. Oh, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Everybody's fucking arguing. Bad vibe central, like yeah. trying to get out of town, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and finally when we hit the road and got there, it was incredible. It was yeah. Credence and Tower of Power. Oh my God. Yeah, it was really good. Holy, so. in third grade. Yeah, and what that was probably like my first real concert. Then my yeah. dad would always take us to the local ones, yeah, you know. Yeah. And my mom worked for uh, Ken Kraft, or uh, Bob Kraft, I'm sorry, who was a famous astronomer. Oh, no shit. At the time, she worked for Lick Observatory up at UCSC. Okay. And his son is Ken Kraft. Yeah, that, why is that Kraft? He's the Sounds guitar similar. player for Snail. Oh, and Snail okay. like got Boom. big in the seventies. Snail was insanity. Like, yeah, they were one of you know the bands that Insanity's, was like on the yeah. cusp of like really, you know, it was going Snail and uh, Doobie Brothers. Yeah, or exactly. Like that yeah, that like, whole Santa Cruz Mountain scene. Yeah, and so um, you know we'd always get to we'd come up to the Santa Cruz Mountains actually and go to places like the Town and Country Inn okay. and all these like places that used to be around. Yeah, and, you know, see all these these rad rock shows. Yeah. And, 
It was just I always had a lot of you know support in music and do, do, was there so was there like a spark like you want to do this kind of thing or just like I wanted to like you know see it a lot. I never really thought about actually doing it. it wasn't something like there was a brief time period where I started to take guitar lessons because okay. I was convinced that that's what I wanted to do yeah, when I was yeah. a kid. And then I realized yeah. that it took like discipline <laughs> so and like yeah. Yeah. cut into my surf time. Yeah. Exactly. It was just like, fuck, fuck this. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, like when I really got into music was um, like I started doing stuff with Steve Isles, who's mm -hmm. the drummer for Dusted Angel now. Yeah. And he was like my partner in crime. Like okay. we'd go to all the early punk shows. Yeah. And I think it was like me and Mark Garland and Steve Isles. And we started a couple different, you know, projects, you know, kid product yeah, projects. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Peters, okay, uh, who was like a kid, and Joey Peters, who played in like, uh, I think he played in like Camper Van Beethoven oh, no and okay. Cracker and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all these like, all those he, bands from he was like here. super pro drummer and he was our drummer. Oh, no <laughs> like shit. What did Steve play? Because Steve's a drummer. Well, he was, he went and bought a bass for like oh, okay. $12 at like yeah. Kmart. <laughs> like, you know. and so red. So we, yeah, we That's made. so red back in the day where you can buy fucking like Sears totally. in like Kmart. You could buy guitars. Yeah, Steve just showed up with a box, like carrying <laughs> it on a skateboard. It was like, it's like crappy bass. bass in there, you know. Right. So we started doing stuff stuff like that and then like um all of a sudden these dudes the sacto boys like um, back in the punk rock era there, there was these notorious skateboarder punker dudes boys. that were the the blast crew oh no shit from um because oh, they Meadow were vista you Niter know and all grass those guys valley from up there. yeah they, they weren't from sacramento they were you know should have been like the grass valley grass boys valley. Or something. Yeah, but like yeah. <laughs> like frank vanderhoff so who was like our punk rock hero at that the time the older guy and because uh what what's his name um the, your first guitar player steve bork steve bork but then there was fuck oh why can't i think of his name i'll come back dave me, cooper nope that's bass player yeah what was he played in mad i think um and worked at universal audio oh, i'm let's well, it was uh, MAD was Dave, me, Bill, and Steve, so, okay. and then Niter came into the picture later when it formed into Blast. Okay, okay. But the way that yeah, the, that all happened, sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to it was like I, basically <laughs> I met Keith Meeks. Okay. Um, through a mutual friend of ours, Judy Oyama. When oh yeah, did she own Santa Cruz? Well, um, or she, she was at tied Santa in. Cruz shop, right? Yeah. And like at she that was time, cool. Rad skater yeah, too. super cool. And yeah. we were all like, uh, a bunch of us were surfing for Santa Cruz Surf Shop at that yeah. time. And so she's like, "Hey, you got to meet my friend Keith Meeks," you know, because it was like you knew every like punker within a hundred mile radius, yeah, you know, because exactly. there just sure. weren't any yeah, yeah. at that time. So and this was late seventies, early eighties, kind of late seventies, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I probably met him and maybe 79, Keith. 78, 79. And then we got to be good friends and, and we started trading like punk rock records and stuff. And then, you know, Steve actually had a car, so we'd go to all the shows. Okay. And then we met, you know, Tony and Tommy Guerrero and Shrugi oh, and all yeah. those guys up in the city. Because Keith, was Keith he, was friends with them. Was he yeah. pro back? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, because yeah. he turned pro early. Yeah, some yeah. of those early pictures of Keith, like... Yeah, Just like the old SoCal pools, skate park like, and shit. Yeah, know. there and like uh, Winchester and Campbell. Winchester, that's right, yeah. And, and yeah. so when he came over here, you know, he was really alienated. He didn't know anyone, you know, yeah. so 
we'd go and hang out and surf and listen to punk. And then he basically, you know, I met the blast dudes through him. Okay. And then, you know, there was one summer where Steve Isles' parents, who were just like the coolest people in the yeah, world. Yeah, lived, I lived across from them on 26th. Yeah, Bob and Sherry Isles. Yeah. And um, they let a bunch of us like crash in the garage that summer. It was like Peter Testorf, me, yeah, Steve Boric. Oh, and we built, like Steve lived out in the garage, so we built a studio within the garage. Nice. And those guys started playing. It was like no intention, you know. Yeah. Um, of really making a real band at that point. Mm, but then they made around. that song Holocaust. Oh, that M A D song. Yeah, that's the one that got on the the, the maximum what, what, rock and roll. Fucking such compilation. a great. I love that. Yeah. It's all. So the the way shit. that I understood it is, I think like Keith was gonna sing, or oh, they were gonna shit. get someone else. It was never like. Like, I never would have thought in a million years that I would even want to sing or right. be a singer. So it was supposed to be at Keith. That point. Well, it was just whoever. Well, whoever but, was But there. that's who yeah, I was yeah. under the impression that it would most likely be. No shit. And uh, so because I lived there up in the attic, I mean, I heard that song a million times. And like, I'm just playing Every it day. Right. So yeah. it's like I wrote words to it. And I go, here, you should use these words. Did you give them to Keith? I or gave whoever. them to... Um, whoever. Steve and Dave, whoever, I think. Whoever was yeah, singing. and they're just like, hey, you know, no one was singing at that point. It was just that song being played over and over. That was like the first real song that they had. And <laughs> I was like, wow, this is a great song. <laughs> it's like a good know? song, dude. And so I handed them those lyrics, and I go, you should use this, you know? Yeah. And they're like, well, why don't you sing it? I'm like, I don't sing. Like, I'm not doing <laughs> that, you know? <laughs> and then, so I started singing it, and then... I think we played like a show or two and we played San Francisco and then Tim Yohannan and Jeff Bale, they were putting together that compilation. Oh, so you just, you were in, you're roped in and you're just fucking... Well, yeah, it was really weird because we had just become a band and like, I don't even know how we ended up playing in the city or whatever. What, what, what was it like fucking, like, let's rewind a little bit. What yeah. was it like, like when, like what, because you're saying no fucking way and the, yeah. the, what made you go, all right, I'll fucking do it. And then what was that like? It was good, you know, a little awkward at first, but sure. then it, it got to a point where it was like, okay, yeah, this is something I want to do. Cool, cool. So it kind of And it's like, that's what's cool about punk rock is you could suck as bad as you want totally to and totally. no yeah. one's going to really care. You know? And it's kind of like going back to that spiritual piece, it's kind of a yeah. fucking spiritual connection because you're tapping into something that is like something, it's an energy. Yeah. It's rather than, you know, it's like, oh, we're putting this thing together and composing it. It's just like, where's the fucking energy coming from? And it's yeah. just like so raw. And, and I just, you know, I have horrible like hand coordination and I can't draw. I can't <laughs> yeah, express myself like, artistically. So you like, find some expression. I couldn't draw myself out of a corner. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like I hated art classes. Yeah. I hated everything like that was forced upon me. Yeah. So writing is where I found my so like writing visual, lyrics, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that became really fun. And it, like I said, we just got... It was like the right place at the right time where all of a sudden they're like, here's some money to record, go do this or no shit. So be the, on this compilation. It was still MAD at that, at that point? Yeah, that was yeah. MAD. And Does, it was, was there anything else recorded except for, besides Holocaust? Um, there was, yeah, let's see. There was about four other songs. Oh, no shit. That I've are never just heard total that. Is crap. That yeah, it's but like, I want to hear it. I mean, like Holocaust is a really mature song. It's fucking a good song. It's really like, like I feel like all of your shit really, and yeah. especially that is like kind of ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, the Holocaust one was really, you know, like we would still play that in blast sets. Okay, but 
all the other ones were just like <laughs> songs about your parents, like "fuck you," Which is "mom, gonna, you're a bitch," and yeah. cops and like yeah. teachers and yeah, yeah, you know, stupid shit, like just pure <laughs> crap, actually. So the the fact that that song, you know, uh, came out of that, came out of that too, yeah. And then there was actually a there's an old uh, song where. Um, this guy Todd Lemma that Niter was in a band okay. together with before MAD, like up in Grass Valley, uh -huh. they had this song called uh, "Brain." Uh, it wasn't called anything, but it was that it's in my blood. Like oh do, no do, shit, do, 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 but do, it was do, called do, something do, different. Yeah, yeah, so that was Todd Lemma and Niter, and then Steve Boric ripped it off and made it an MAD song. Oh no, shit. you know, so that like nothing really material. So in my blood was kind of like. Even well, it, it's way before. like Niter was like, oh, whoa, I've got this thing. Yeah. And then on the second record, he busted that out. And I was like, oh, my God, I remember that. But it was like well, 10 times heavier. Then come out heavier. to the second fucking record. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. So, um, you know, but yeah, most of it was just shit. But it was cool that we. <laughs> so the MAD you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then how, but you guys started playing shows up in, in San Francisco and stuff. We did. We played, you know, a lot like this one summer. And then it just kind of kind of I can't remember what kind of made it deteriorate it was like i was kind of like felt like i'd been involved in punk rock and seen too much in an early age and right, right. kind of turned into like a preppy surf kid for a while okay, and just abandoned okay. kind of punk yeah. rock and, okay you so know. mad kind of just fizzled and it, so it didn't transition right into blast it kind of no well it was like those guys you know the intent was always for niter to move down and join oh, the so band still up in Grass yeah, Valley. so he was the last one to move down here, and then he moved down, and then they started doing this, and I knew they were doing it, and you know, and I was just sitting there in my argyle sweater, like working at the shadow. <laughs> you were brook. really going for it. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> just refusing, you know, like no shit. I'd be in my like sleeveless Berlin shirt, you know. Oh, no shit. And they'd come over and be like, "We're going to see SSD tonight in the city," and I'd be like, "Nah, I'm not. You know, I don't wow. want to go." <laughs> like, just, so what what turned you, know, you off? Like, did well, something like turn I said, you it off, would just. It, I'd I'd seen a lot of my friends get into drugs oh, and end okay. up on the streets yeah, at a really young good, age, and just yeah. you know, it just got to a point where I was kind of, and I had a lot of outside influence from adults, like okay. uh, Steve's parents going, "Come on, you could do something right. with your life." So yeah. I, you know, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm yeah. going to surf and." Yeah blah 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 and you know so then it got to a point where um those guys started doing what they were doing i refused to participate in and one point i even said like why don't you get my brother to sing he looks just like me no shade <laughs> they did it so, they did so yeah so like dave sang for yeah there bit. was that famous party that they played at uh, jim owens's ramp in scotts valley it was a huge fucking blowout party okay uh, yeah you know? I, I think i heard rumors of it but and um you know, so they did that for a while. And then, you know, I just was doing my own thing. I was super into like Joy Division, Smiths, yeah, you know, like yeah. New Order, just, um, yeah, it's good you know, stuff The Cure, all yeah, the stuff. Yeah. Like I'd gotten into kind of different kinds of music and, uh, you know, and then somehow I ended up hearing basically the power of expression, you know, recorded on a ghetto blaster, those songs. Oh, and I okay. remember I was going to like leave for college within a couple months. Mm -hmm. What college and were you going to go to? I was going to go to a junior college okay. down in San Diego and then mm -hmm. hopefully go to San Diego State. Yeah. So I was going to move down there. And then, you know, shortly before I went down there, I heard what was going to be that first blast record. Yeah. And something just like snapped in my brain. I was just like, Oh my God, like hearing Time to Think for the yeah, first time, oh where it's God. like, duh, I was just like, 
how did this happen like yeah. from this shitty kid band yeah. into this yeah. you know and I was just like thinking to myself like I'm just stupid if I don't do this cool. like I've got to do this because yeah, yeah, this yeah. is like not normal music mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so that just started up and we started doing it and just like things accelerated really fast like we did a demo like you know like you hear the early demos it's like i didn't even know what i was doing i mean we did that within a couple of weeks or a month of when i decided that oh no shit i was so gonna do it really and i just fast. wrote words really fast yeah. but for the most part it was just like that first demo it was just like you know pretty rough and and another thing about the early blast demos too and the two or three recordings that we did leading up to the record it was slow. Oh, really? Slow. Like, yeah, slower, really. it was so slow. Well, you can tell, like, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, even the later stuff kind of kind of went to that heavier, slower kind of stuff. Yeah, and we were always, you know, like... What what, what inspired that kind of going faster? Well, it was just more like the adrenaline, adrenaline of actually doing it and being yeah, in serious sure. recording situations. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you listen to a lot of those old recordings are way slower. And we were always influenced. We were never into like you know like we were just so irritated and over the like like generic punk drum beat this was early 80s yeah yeah and just the conformity of of you know like the the whole uniformness of punk at that time and that was actually partially enforced by a lot of those people like like maximum rock and roll when we did the compilation in the song holocaust there was a middle part that goes like you know where it, now it just says it's all a bunch of bunch, shit all a bunch of shit yeah, yeah yeah that was which is there. my favorite part <laughs> well that was there because there used to be a part that went like down 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 kind of got heavier do, a little do, bit do, 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 down oh, now like you know kind of melodic yeah. metal yeah. kind of you know sentimental yeah. kind of metal part and uh they made us cut it out like no, we don't want shit. the heavy metal guitar break Wow. You know, I remember just going, so, really? Yeah, like, you know what you're I mean? editing our shit? Like, yeah. we were kids and we even knew that that was kind of messed up. Yeah. So, that so the, is that know, what, that was that what inspired this? Is a bunch it of was just shit? like, well, yeah, well, that's, we just were like, okay, now what? What yeah. are we going to do if we don't do that part? So yeah. I just went, you know, did that. It <laughs> makes stuck. perfect sense that you said that. Like, it was that, no, like, like thought you. involved in yeah. it. It was just kind of like, okay, how about this, you know? Well, which is crazy, man, like, because you think, like, definitely, like, just a side note here, where it's like, this is the early 80s when, you know, you look back, punk, you know, and people do any punk history, it's like, this is when the real punk was there, you know, an anti-conformist kind of shit. Where it is now, it's totally different. It's like more mainstream and shit, but yeah. even back then, man, it's like, well, well, it's like it's all a sense of conformity and uniform in a lot of ways, and it's like, that can take away from the actual message that, from when you, early in the, the early days of even MAD, where it was just this group of friends, misfits getting together and just fucking yeah. energy coming well, out. Well, it, it turned into out. a thing where it, be, it became so uniform with people yeah. trying to enforce that. Sure, this is punk. This and you punk. weren't supposed to like like rock and roll or like heavy metal. Right. You know, you like know, yeah, I can remember can, like yeah. these these people, Juan and Michaela, like uh, they were like friends of ours and they were like, I remember one time, you know, me and Steve Isles were secretly listening to Black Sabbath. Oh, don't fucking let any. <laughs> and he heard it on the phone. He's like, are you listening to heavy metal? Like oh he was gonna knock us off and go tell everyone, you know? Oh my god! We're like, no, man, we're listening to fucking Sabbath, you know? Like, yeah, what do you fuck think? Fuck you, bro. Got a problem with that, you yeah. know? <laughs> and so it was just kind of funny. And so like Blast, you know, 
formed on the basis of like we don't want to be a generic punk band. You we, and we were influenced like and and really the thing that like was the key proponent of that was Bill Torgerson. I mean. He was such style. a freaking insane yeah. drummer, yeah. you know, and he, and he was, does have that Sabbath fucking. Well, yeah, he was influenced style. by Bill Ward, John yeah. Bonham. You can tell. Super influenced by, uh, was it Clive Burr or whatever, the Iron Maiden yeah, guy? Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were really into like Maiden, Sabbath, yeah. you know, yeah. Zeppelin and, um, you know, the big drum fills and stuff like that. Yeah, so it yeah. was kind of like that influence with all the heavy punk that we liked. We yeah. were total black flag freaks, obviously, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, which was just. Well, yeah, that, you've even been pigeonholed. Like, oh, yeah. But it's like, but it's not. It's like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I kind of like one thing that I, I appreciate about you and, and something that I wanted to talk about a little bit is that there was a nonconformity kind of piece. And it, how do you because you are such a pivotal part I think of the Santa Cruz scene like I would even call you the mayor of the punk rock <laughs> scene really that's like you're such a staple figure in my mind in my heart and I know a lot of people share that sentiment but in Santa Cruz it was such a fucking conform like you're either surfer punk or skater and I remember even being yeah. I don't know if you're at this show but it was later it was in the 90s when my band was around my band wasn't playing I don't even think you guys are playing I don't know if you're around but you might have been, but it was like, I remember this fight. There was like a fight and it was the, surf, the surfers and the punks and like, you're not punk, you're not surfer. And it's like, this one dude goes, <laughs> and my brothers, like, we'd laugh about this all the time. The thing that popped out, this guy's like, bro, you don't even surf. And yeah. it's like, that was the biggest burn. Well, it's it was, like, it, what it was really funny because Santa laughing. Cruz was a hippie town. Exactly. Yeah. You know, kind of maybe a reggae town and whatever. And. You know, and we listened to a lot of like heavy dub stuff and stuff like that, yeah. and a lot of reggae. And and at the same time, like when Blast happened, we did not, you know, because the punkers were a very small minority in totally. Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. And uh, really small scene. And for some reason, when the Blast thing happened, and especially after we got signed to SST and the records were available, yeah, all of a yeah. sudden people that that I never imagined would be into it were into we're it. into it, yeah. You know, but yeah. they were still surfers, just yeah. full-on surfers. There was like, a crossover. It was yeah. like, it started, yeah. You know, dudes like thrashing in the pit with their Ugg boots. <laughs> <laughs> like, <you're> so <laughs> ripping, so <laughs> ripping. And that's the one, you know, like kind of back on that same, same thing where it's like, you know, when I would see, like, I didn't know you back then um, in the early days when I first started going to blast shows, and it was like I would see Blast, and it was it was more than just seeing a show. It was like holy shit, you're just like in you're kind of immersed into this show. The way that you guys, especially you, your stage presence, and it was like you're a fucking animal. Like you were no <laughs> longer human, and it was like <laughs> scary in some ways, in some ways psychotic. And I'm like, oh my god, but it was like so intriguing. But then when I met you, it was like that persona that wasn't you i mean it was you on stage but that that's it, it, that's not your image kind of thing you were fucking so approachable super yeah. nice and it's like there's no audience uh, audience um artist separation kind of thing it was like that's just kind of what was coming out of you and like when i met you i'm like oh my god this is the same person You're just like so fucking cool and like so like humble it was and 
I really appreciate that. And I, I, I actually try to, I tried to in my, like being in my bands and stuff, it's like always wanted to keep that. You know, I always tried yeah. to like, you were my like kind of archetype. Like you were my kind of like, okay, that if I can emulate a little bit of what Clifford's doing, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate well, that and thank you. Oh yeah, like, well, yeah, I mean, it blew my mind when I knew you and then you started singing, yeah. and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like with Schlepp and then yeah. Fury, yeah, I was like, yeah. "Damn!" You know, Joe was, and it was like the, same the dude. Thing like you, you, know? you were saying was just like yeah. this energy. It was like it was nothing. There was n- nothing about like wanting anything else, but just like this feels fucking. Yeah, rad, it does because it's like such an outlet. You know, as a frustrated like young person, totally just looking at all the stupid shit in the world. It's just a way to like kind of process it in your own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um. And then, you know, when you talk about an example of like, I mean, like to me playing live, especially in something like yeah. Blast, you know, it was just an example of being in a hyper meditative, mm-hmm. like outer body state. In the moment. For the length of that set. Yep. Like yep. you were just not there. You were just wherever that yep. musical wherever the universe kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, just that incredible energy, you know, and it's like the the music that, like I said, when I first heard that music, I was just like, oh my God, this is freaking insane because yeah. I like heavy music. I like heavy, you know, punk. I always had visions of what punk could be and yeah, yeah. kind of thing and certain, you know, bands fulfilled it like Black Flag to some extent yeah. for sure. Yeah. And that first, you know, record was definitely like Steve was a more cut and dry person mm-hmm. he's like okay I'm gonna make Steve Isles Steve Bork Bork okay he's like, I'm gonna player? make these songs that sound exactly like you know I'm gonna take this Black Flag influenced riff okay. and I'm gonna take this SSD influenced okay. riff yeah. you know where as we progress beyond that first record that's where it really got into like super crazy territory sure and it's just creating those like songs with the tension building pull your hair out yeah, kind yeah. of is that niter a lot of niters because his yeah. fucking guitar playing is like, yeah well both steve and niter especially when they played together yeah. it was just unstoppable that's so cool you know what yeah. i mean when both of those guys got along and could uh play together it was an unbelievable thing i yeah. mean just incredible and steve was freaking crazy on stage you know and it's like just that tension building mayhem like you couldn't help but go completely yeah. freaking crazy and that's, the, that's i think what punk is that, yeah you know, and i think that's, that's what the, appealed to a lot of these kids yeah. these surfer skater kids right, where right. it's like wow we could just go completely yeah. fuck shit up yeah. without fucking shit up and, you we, know? and we did back we then. Could, yeah Do you remember uh that I, I, I don't know if you play there but there was fucking uh several fish and mock and i I forget who else. Is that at the Mexican restaurant? Yeah, in fucking Portola. It's it's where Mountain Mike's is now. Yeah, dude. It was uh, round round table or one of those places. Most random places ever. I mean, several fish was like back then. That like. I loved Mock, I loved you guys, but for some reason, several fish just like, I, it almost oh, reminded me of Descendants rad. a little bit, but like kind of Yeah, edgier. that was Moke's brother, Scott Smith. Scott Smith, yeah. And then it was Pat Goddard. Yep, yep. And then my brother, David, and then- David, um, and that's right. He played bass in it, yeah? And for a while, what was super rad, uh, Tim Cooney was the original drummer. Oh, no, oh that's right, yeah. I forgot about Tim yeah. Cooney. But then what was super cool is this giant biker dude, Randy, right yeah he lived uh, at the hook he was like this super rad like he played in a country band with this guy willie durbin who's actually 
James Durbin's, Durbin's dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, no shit. So those guys were in this insane country band, and somehow, like, you know, Randy just being the cool dude that he was, he's this big, scary-looking biker, and yeah. he's playing with these, like, young kids <laughs> oh, playing drums, and he was, like, a super good drummer. Was that Several Fish? That was Several Fish. Oh, no shit. I remember Cooney played in them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember he played drums. Yeah. But it's funny, like when you were talking about the surfer fight, you know, yeah. I thought that's what you were talking about because that show got so. That show got gnarly. Well, that was, yeah, it was like that. Well, was I remember the, they ran out of beer because yeah, all the miners bought it all. Yeah, exactly. Well, they were just like, I was like, it, it turned that place, into almost a riot. Dude. Yeah, that place <laughs> kind of went away shortly really after quick. that. I, don't I wonder think if, was you know, one or two shows. It's like you could be like a 12 year old and just be like, I'll take two Dosakis. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane, you know. It was like the. Yearsley out there with his shirt oh off and his god. Ugg boots. Or, oh my god! Or actually, he was wearing thongs and he's like punching people. That's right. Usually, like, that's the fucking prototype of Santa yeah, Cruz. Yeah, that was like such a. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And mock. mock. I think that's when Dog was singing for Mock too for a minute. Was it? Yeah. Before, that, right after Jerry, then. Yeah, right after oh, Jerry. Shit. I forgot he sang from. I love the Jerry days. That was Jerry. Like, that's fuck, that so that lost good. demo. That's something like so even like good. Greg from Southern Lord. Mm-hmm talks about putting oh, no, that out really is like, that shit available at all that old i stuff don't know where you would find it yeah. but that was something i looked for it I like the mind of mock and yes. like uh the clock trixie, house was, and, it, was it trixie or whatever that, they had that one yeah side. yeah yeah their mascot the clown, but like that stuff was so good and so, so good. heavy and jerry was such a powerful singer yep yeah um yeah yeah, Mock was another mind-blowing thing that just sort of appeared of like so good. David yeah. Aronovich, you know, such yeah. a good drummer, and like it was like you and Mock in Santa Cruz. And, yeah, you know, there's the other but, and man, vicious midgets. Vicious, I was gonna say vicious God. midgets. Yeah, and, uh, but that was uh, that's an interesting thing too. Like you know, this uh, East Side West Side shit in yeah. fucking Santa Cruz, like so weird, you know. But it was such a fucking thing. Yeah, it's like you're either on the West Side or the East Side, yeah. <laughs> surfers, skaters, punkers, whatever it is. You know, and, and Vicious Midgets were West Side. Well, that was because this, you know, Toby Munyon oh, went around telling the Vicious Midgets <laughs> that, you know, like, don't mess with me or Blast will kick your ass. And we didn't right. even know you Toby. didn't even we know him. Like, yeah, so it, no, it wasn't you. It was yeah. just this, this kind of culture, you know. But it was but. funny because I ended up, you know, in Space Boy with Jade playing drums. And he was from Vicious Midgets. Yeah, from yeah. Vicious Midgets. Yeah. And he told me that story. And I was like, what? And he's yeah. like, yeah, I thought we were all scared of you guys because we yeah. thought you wanted to kick our ass. I'm like, why would we do that? You guys were an insane Well, band. that's what I mean about like meeting <laughs> you like in person. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, just like so different than like, because growing up in Santa Cruz, that's like the, the mentality. Like even if I didn't feel that way, which yeah. was kind of fucked, you yeah. know, because I would just conform to that way. You know, it's like... Uh, so I was so scared of like being a sissy or a pussy or whatever it was, you know. So it was yeah. really detrimental to a lot of things, and it, I sacrificed a lot of, you know, fucking goodness within me, um, you know. So I just I appreciate how you've kind of been consistent. You have been consistent, you know, <laughs> through yeah. it all, you know. And I'm kind of wondering too, like, um, you know, some of the things that uh, like Blast had a fucking great run. Well, the thing I'll, I'll tell you right now, yeah. it's like the thing that provided the basis for that. Santa Cruz is in a, you know, it goes through like huge periods of, you know, for a long time it was basically impossible for bands, you know, especially hardcore bands to play anywhere. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Richie Walker uh, 
you know, open club culture. Yep. Yep. And just got every band, you know, yep. Descendants, Black Flag, so GBA, my first, DRI, my first you know, real I mean, show was there. Like yeah. you, everybody, Faction. Oh yeah, I saw, COC. I saw, yeah, I, I saw mean, Faction. Uh, what was my first show? Fa- Faction, Caustic Notions, and JFA. Yeah, JFA. So fucking good. I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. With JFA had that bus. Yeah, they parked right up front. They're just making their own shirts. And giving them out, yeah. Bam, so, bam. The drummer was fucking. Those guys. That was yeah, a, those guys yeah. were so cool, man. Yeah. yeah, we actually did. Actually, the first blast tour that we ever went on, we were going out to the East Coast to meet up with Coc and oh, yeah. DRI. Yeah, you guys were friends with Coc. Yeah, like, really yeah. good friends. Yeah. And um, and then JFA, we did the first. You know, the the whole Midwest. Yeah. Like from like Salt Lake all the way out to. Wow the east coast with jfa and that was super fun yeah 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 and um the thing with corrosion and conformity it was like the very second blast show was at the great american or no the uh what was it called like old american music hall or something Great american music hall in san francisco it was in no it was in monterey oh i don't even know i think it was called like the old american or the uh it was some something it was this venue like the first show was there with doa mm-hmm. and we opened and that's when like i wouldn't even look at the audience i was just standing in the back just like ah. oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and um and then by the time the coc show rolled around that was black flag saccharine trust wow. corrosion and us and it was our second show holy sh- your second show yeah and so we were like who you know who's corrosion and conformity yeah you know no one had ever really heard of them and they just showed up. Animosity was that there? It that was record? that was Eye for an Eye era. That was eye. their first singer, Eric. Oh, okay. And uh, they showed up, and we we're just like, "Oh my freaking god!" And they were felt the same way about us. Yeah, because that makes you know, sense because they were punk, and like, you guys are punk. Yeah. But both of you, like even COC, had a, more of a heavy element to it. Super even now, metal they're crossover. like pretty much metal now. Like DRI kind of stole the crossover yeah, yeah, like, but you, thing, the, but COC is was, the one that really invented yeah, it makes in sense. a way yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, I can see that. that early corrosion was just insane, so you know, and it good, caught dude. the attention of bands like Slayer and people yeah. like that. Were just yeah. like, "What the hell's this?" Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and that's what created that. What sparked the Metlers' interest in punk? You know? COC and Raw Power. Remember Raw Power? Oh yeah, from Italy. They're kind of the same. Like I yeah, remember they were those super rad. Those two bands. I, I always like for some reason like I listened to them at the same time or something. Yeah, Scream too is another Scream. band that oh, I uh, wanted to talk to you about. Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was funny. Scream was another band like COC. Like after that, uh, that show, they. Um, like they, I forget. Like I can't remember if they broke down or something, but they ended up staying at at Dave Cooper's house. COC. Uh, and we just like made all these shows at like uh, this place called uh, God. What the hell was it called? Like Cha Cha's, which is Mo's Alley now. Oh no shit! And yeah, so I we slapped that. together yeah. all these shows. We did like a Club Culture one, a Cha Cha's one, and like Santa Cruz tour. So all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. yeah, COC started like you know all of a sudden they played like three shows in the area. Oh, okay, that's why they. And got then they'd come back here. all the time because yeah, they got popular. COC was yeah. big around here, yeah. and they always wanted to be here and yeah. stay here. Like if they were playing in San Francisco, they'd stay in Santa Cruz. Yeah, and then the Scream thing too. The way that happened, that was actually MAD. And oh, really? uh, and I went up. It's wait, Scream was MAD. There was same same people. No, no, no. It was the it was at the same time. Oh, okay. Like uh, 
when MAD was around playing shows, we went up to do a radio interview at KPFA. And uh, I remember we were in the waiting room and I can't remember, I think it was like me and Bill and yeah, it was me and Bill and Steve and Dave and we went up there and we're in the waiting room and you know, here's Skeeter Thompson, you know, the, remember the huge yeah. bass player, like he was all intimidating looking yeah. and just looking all gnarly, yeah, you know, yeah. like the bleached mohawk, you know, and, and then everyone's just, we're just kind of like all sizing each other up. Yeah, we're yeah. just kind of like, no <laughs> one said a word. We were just kind of like, just kind of looking at each other and like, you know, like. <laughs> just, you know, just scared mostly, but guys? trying to flex. <laughs> well, just kind of like, yeah, we're both kind of just like, who are these guys, yeah, you know, right. kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, and that, that first time, that's when they were on tour with Government Issue. Scream or COC? Uh, Scream. Scream, okay. So, um, so Because the, they were back from back east too. Scream was DC? DC, mm -hmm. yeah. So here we are, you know, at KPFA, and then we started talking to him, you know, and we're like, kind of broke the ice. Mm -hmm. And started talking to him, not like on a really, you know, in-depth level, but I basically told him it was before cell phones, you yeah, know? Yeah, And I was like, okay, here's, you know, I was living at Steve Isles' yeah. at the time, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I told him if they ever found their way to Santa Cruz, yeah. if they wanted to go to the beach or something, yeah. like, uh, you know, come by and here's where we live and cool. kind of thing. So all the flexing came into yeah. that. Yeah. And it was like, still, it's not like we were, you know, really like broed down that hard sure, or anything. Sure. It was just kind of like, and so I go body surfing at Santa Maria's after I got back and I come walking up and I see this like van with a trailer with out of state license plates parked in the driveway. And Sherry's like, oh, your friends are here. And I'm like, what friends? And I like look at them and I'm like, who the hell's this? It was like and it was C. Uh, it was um, not COC, but it was a government issue. Oh shit! And scream at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> in, in our driveway, you know. So um, they made it. Yeah, they stay there and they picked the right place. I mean, like yeah. Bob and Sherry Isles. They're just super put cool. Them they up, live down like, at the end of the cold. They oh, have the, yeah. the rat. And spot. Sherry just cooked them like spaghetti dinners. And was that and, when? Was that so? Was that when Dave Grohl was in Scream? Uh, this was Kent Stacks, the original okay. drummer. Okay. Okay. And then um, Scream just became, you know. Yeah, because you guys wrote down with them. Yeah, a lot. they they were another band that would just always seem to accidentally yeah. break down and have to stay at the Isles right. Pad well, I for a, a week, you yeah. know, every time they came to town, you know. Interesting story. So, and you maybe I have this 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 memory in my mind, but I need I need some truth on this, and you might be able to help. But I remember Scream and you guys played at a place in uh, Capitola. Do you, I mean, it was, this was when Dave Grohl was in the band. The I Capitola think. Senior Center was Dave by Grohl Nob Hill, the, is that? Yes. Yeah. Was Dave Grohl in the band then? Yeah. He was, okay. Yeah, the where like, uh, Kent decided he didn't want to do it yeah. anymore, and I think we were on, I think we were on the It's In My Blood tour. Uh, yeah. And it, it, we it, played CBGBs with Scream. Okay. And, you know, who at that point, you know, was like family to us, and... Um, and then Pete's like, you know, like, man, Pete and Franz are like, you got to see our new drummer. Yeah. yeah and it yeah, was yeah. just this kid, you know, like, who was just like this metal looking kid. And we're just like, holy shit. Right. Where did you get well, this guy? You know? I remember that show. Yeah. In, so this was at the time when, um, 
we all lived in the Devil's Triangle. Yeah, the yeah. Devil's Triangle for yeah. for the listeners. 41st Avenue. 41st Bio Avenue. Bob and yeah. like Steve like, Cochran, Steve Keenan. Yeah, and Dano and all those guys Dano. lived above. It was uh, Opal Cliffs, Opal Cliffs Market. Market, which yeah. isn't there as Quicksilver now. You yeah. lived above Freeline, kind of down a little bit yeah. above the old Freeline. Yeah. And we had this fucking... The soil <laughs> pad. The crash <laughs> Yeah. And we called it the Devil's Triangle. Yeah. We would just get stuck in there. And after that show, and this is like, I fucking... I, I remember the scream guys. Well, yeah, because the scream guys were at your house. Yeah, we were like, all partying raging, over there. Yeah. It was killer, and like, yeah, I was, it was such like a kook. Felica and yeah, and it was fucking cool. But like, I remember being such a kook, and I remember I was like, uh, I'm like, you guys should give me a shirt, and they're like, what? Why? And I'm like, well, you're partying at my house, like whatever, being <laughs> such a kook. And they're like, what the fuck ever? And then I didn't have any money, and then I'm like, all right, you know. But knowing now, it's like I would never ask a touring band. But they to, gave you one, right? No, I got some money. I think Dano gave me. <laughs> some money but i would never fucking do that you know what i mean it was a touring (laughs) band and then i'm like oh my god that was fucking dave grohl that i was fucking being such a fucking kook you know what i mean so you kind of just i'm like was it dave Grohl? i fucking think it was oh my god it was yeah that even made it worse i'm like i'm such a fucking dumbass but that's just kind of how i was back yeah that that was a when he joined the band he was just you know i mean they loved it like coming to Santa Cruz because they, they did yeah. they'd did, stay have at you read Steve's Dave parents uh, uh, book I, I listened to it I he, have not read that yet he talks about Steve Isles and going, to, like, going to the ocean first time being at the ocean and talking yeah. about you guys and just being stoked on how yeah I need to read guys. that it's fucking cool man listen to it I listened to it and it's him fucking narrating it super cool it was, and he narrates it Keller yeah yeah I just but remember you know, his, it was, it was just, that was such fun times yeah. and uh, you know to the point where like Pete from Scream and Franz. I mean, they were even dating like local girls, you know. And, like, yeah, so they'd yeah. come. They they wanted it was to like come their to Santa Cruz. Home kind yeah. of thing. That's cool. That's and cool. Um, you know, so it was just really funny. I remember Skeeter, just the giant like muscle dude, putting on my yeah. my victory wetsuit backwards, <laughs> with, with the zipper <laughs> in the front, <laughs> and swimming out in this riptide. Oh, and shit. I remember like hanging out with Pete and Franz, just going, uh, "Yeah, that's probably not." Skeeter's kind of got himself in a, a bind. <laughs> He's like a quarter mile out there. Like, oh my god! In this like wetsuit that's too small backwards, oh, and I, I, you know, just funny stuff like that. It was yeah, great, that's and then. Cool. Just meeting some fucking, yeah, it seems like you guys did so much cool stuff and just meeting a lot of cool people. Um, the one thing, I, I kind of going back to the Devil's Triangle and like bringing it back to Santa Cruz a little bit and, um, you know, like the whole Devil's Triangle and just in Santa Cruz in general, like really got into the drug fucking culture, kind of what you're talking about before. Yeah. Like I was a part of that. I got really fucking caught up like in, you know, we're, we're the lower point of the Devil's Triangle. But uh, you never seemed to, like, how did you, you came out of all that shit unscathed. Like, most of our friends, including me, got pretty strung out on fucking whatever, you know, whether it was crack, heroin. Well, that blew my mind to some extent because, you know, it used to, I was going to Cabrillo at the time, and I remember I would just kind of like, fuck, I could just walk over to your guys' house and... There'd be girls hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. We'd always whatever, it would always be you know? a party. Yeah. And I was always into like pot and mushrooms yeah. and yeah. beer. You know, I got to a point where I definitely, you know, got to a point where I drank too much, mm-hmm. and I had to like get out of that phase. But you know, even at that time, I was I was raging with you guys in terms yeah. of like drinking. You would always, yeah, you'd be partying and with I'd us. I'd do with mushrooms. The, you you know, wouldn't I'd, go over the top. Yeah, but you. I did not like. I mean, I remember like, with you know, Jason Monroe, like Monroe, this one time smoking fuck. like the. 
chasing the dragon on the tinfoil yeah the brown like tar you know like i've only done that stuff a couple times once it was like the super pure china white that you'd snort in like new york i did that just a couple times tiny bit it was kind of like okay yeah i don't i wouldn't want to have a bag of this laying around you you just didn't have it in you i just didn't want to be addicted to drugs you know and it was just um i remember i hated the the tar stuff the china white stuff was cool for a second you know, but it was like the tar stuff just made me feel itchy and yeah. slimy and creepy, and I so hated you just didn't it. Like the feeling, but it was like I mean, it did trip me out when that whole household that you guys were living in that was so fun. Yeah, all of a sudden it wasn't fun anymore. No, man, it got really <laughs> yeah. dark, dude. And dark. Uh, the floors weren't even just sticky; it was us sticking to the floors. I like know, fucking Venus flower, that fly paper kind of shit. We were just stuck in there. It's yeah, that gross. was seriously. Uh, it got. Gross. I remember it tripped me out because. Yeah. No one, you know, not a lot of people had really, I don't know, like even like, you know, that's was just the thing. I mean, I know a lot of the older guys in Pleasure Point in the 70s and stuff like that. They used to do like heroin and stuff. A lot of coke back then. Yeah. The 80s was just. Yeah. But yeah, Santa Cruz, like in the late 80s, early 90s, really like, especially on the the east side i don't know about the west side it's just where we were living it was just like God, oh really it was bad. everywhere a lot of yeah. surfers everything everybody yeah it was fucking and then when the heroin thing crept into the picture with the kids you know like people like that had had healthy like yeah. surf upbringings totally. you know yeah uh, some of our good friends that you wouldn't know, you know yeah like, exactly man, like me included man it's like how the fuck you know i woke up in that shit it's like how the fuck you know and yeah but and that's you know like I remember going to your house and again just coming back to the the punk spirituality kind of stuff or just you being that icon for me is I remember going to your house and it's like it was like it was like so much different than what I imagined you being it was like you know it was like yeah you smoked your weed and stuff but you had your plants around you're just into surfing such a salt of the earth kind of person what do you think attributes to that like what is this kind of like there's something in you you know I feel that is like connected in a way kind of like we were talking about in the in the beginning about um, what God is or spirituality kind of thing the connection to earth you're just like surfing do you well, think I mean, surfing or do you think what is that? I mean, being born into the earth, it's just such a bizarre parallel. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just such a like, it's like the most beautiful, heavenly, hellish minefield wow. that you could ever, heavenly, you know, hellish minefield, like 100%. the second you're out of the womb, it's like, you got to yeah. watch it because yeah. there's just stuff that will engulf you Yeah. in yeah. every direction. There's yep. just as much like hideousness as there is beauty. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, Luckily, the the beauty and you know nature and stuff like that tends to prevail. Sure, but so if you're, like a lot of like certain con- like piggish people and yeah. like more material oriented people had their way, it would yeah. just be straight up hell. Sure. So what can kept you connected to? Because you, it seems like you've been connected with that. And like, what was the, if you could pinpoint what that is? I mean, you just have to like have perspective. perspective. You have to like uh, you have to see stuff for what it is. You know. Like, um, and luckily, you know, I had enough experience with people telling me the real truth about drugs and even seeing some older people that I knew get involved with it and stuff like that. So I knew that it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I was always real cautious of that. I was always really educated about, you know, stuff like that, like in the early health classes and stuff. When you started learning about that kind of stuff, I learned it and I took it seriously. And it's like something like heroin. I mean, it's, it's bigger than you are. Yeah. 
you know and it's just like that and it severs your connection like this connection yeah. you know it's like it sounds like you were into stuff yeah you, you dabble in you know your your activities kind of thing but it's like the activities that you're doing whether it's mushrooms weed or whatever it's like almost more connection yeah then I mean, like, disconnection you know, like heroin you're disconnected like the last year you know like i had a year i had like the the first round of some cancer that they yeah. got early right but it was, you know, I had to do radiation and a little bit of chemo Looking the first heavy. time. But then, you know, like that first time I was on pain pills, you know, like Vicodin and shit yeah. for like six months. And then this last year, you know, being on like Dilaudin and yeah. like... And you have, because it's know, so painful. Yeah. 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 The pain was insane. Yeah. And uh, basically I got diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Oh, wow. So um, it was and like... How long year, ago was this? That was a year ago. A year ago. A year ago in May. Wow. At the, at the three you look fucking good, dude. Well, it's, it's, so you've been going through for a yeah. year doing the chemo and all that Yeah, stuff. and it just it takes a lot of discipline to exist within that realm. But it's yeah. like what you're saying with being cut off, you know, in terms of like, like, you know, you don't think it's really affecting you. And the drugs are making you feel good. And like in that kind of situation you can't really not do them no you know no, yeah. but the yeah. fact that you are and even like as you come out of like the phase it, it's like you got to taper off them you know like um i could remember you know going to hawaii and i was down to just trying to kind of wean off the norco or whatever yeah, yeah. and i remember like going okay i'm going to hawaii and i yeah. had one little like half a pill or a pill that i was going to bring mm -hmm. and i'm like i decided at the last minute to leave it at home and then when I got to Hawaii I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like going through my bag <laughs> like, <"Where is laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like Damn. you know it is you gotta you gotta watch it because that stuff will suck you in yeah you know yeah well yeah it's 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 not a, it's not only the um, mental addiction it's a physical especially with the yeah. the opiates it's such and that's it's yeah and it just does make you you know kind of spiritually devoid or like out of touch devoid. with a lot of things yeah. that that um, you were more tuned into. It's just kind of, you're just kind of dead yeah. to the world a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, even in your lyrics, man, like blast lyrics, even there was always a, a little bit of sense of that connection that you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like nature, nature or, or like the mystics kind of thing. And I really saw it happening. I really heard it in your voice and in your words um, in Space Boy. I remember yeah. Space Boy, your band Space Boy. It was yeah. like, was that right? How Like Blast kind of like just ran its course. Yeah, Blast ran its course. It ended. And then I wanted to do something, but I didn't want to do something that was like Blast. I was really open to doing something different. Space but Boy I was different, but it was going to be that different. <laughs> Space yeah. Boy was hella different, but so, <laughs> kind of the same in, in some way. Well, I think it's it because was, of you. It was musically over the edge. So fucking And for good. some reason, Space I don't know Boy, why I've been drawn to this. Anybody listening, go check out Space Boy. Good shit. Yeah, yeah, the first Space Boy record is is some of my favorite <laughs> yeah. things that I've ever And your written. lyrics in that were that, I'm like, wow, probably you're, my all-time favorite You're lyrics connecting with some. Is that first Space Boy record for sure. And, and that was really like more about that became more about like a spiritual like you know THC fueled mm -hmm. sure. spiritual experience yeah. you know and it was basically you know I was never really a jam person like you know I always like to have my music 
you know, the songs, like, mm -hmm. give me the songs. It'll take me a long time to write to them because I don't play a, sure. you know, yeah. an instrument. You I just have to, to brainwash music. myself. Yeah. But, like, those Space Boy songs, it was so weird. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this weird thing. And they're like, well, just come by and jam. And I'm like, I don't jam. You know, yeah. I don't do that. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, and, and those uh, guys, when they jam, they're not just like, yeah. uh, they're fucking, in, they're such good guitar players. And the drummer, uh, yeah. they're yeah, so, Jade was God. so fucking and Adam, good. like, yeah. And John, you know, and it's just, it was so crazy John when I too, showed up yeah. there. Yeah. John, uh, Fiend Master Freak was, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah God rest him. his soul. He's gone yeah. now. But, oh, um, no shit. He was incredible, yeah. Damn. But okay. it was just like, I showed up that first time and we played The Maze. Yep. Which was, you know, on our first seven inch and on our last record. And then we played uh, Huge Sad Eye and then this other song, Spaceship. Yeah. And it's like, those words never changed. I don't know where they came from. Like, I almost get the chills thinking about yeah. it because it was such a weird channeling yeah, medium. Were, yeah. If it was just like, down, 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 yeah. space, age, Well, maze. that was the spiritual of the... setting. I mean, it just came out and it never... Say those lyrics again. What, what? Uh, it's like space, age, maze, hybrid setting, happy days, far away. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So good. Morbid haze lingers gently. We dig soft, shallow graves. Mm. Can't go back, so try to react. Count my stars from hills afar. And then it's like hideous lies, lace this pride, what's inside, <sighs> burning under synthetic light. And that's just what came out of my mouth. And that's what it is to this day. I mean, that's that yeah. those lyrics never changed. And, yeah. you know, there was the other, like the spacious song where it was like, what does a corpse hide? What does the brain conceal? Wow. Your smile chimes so nice, but evil lives inside. Mm. Defective drive, mankind's demonic lover. Yeah. Teaches the human wretch to rape the mother. Wow. Bad mind with the schism, conjurer of all the isms. Trapped in time on this blue ball, this aquarium has no walls, you know, and it was just like, Whoa. who closed your mind's eye? Who took the key? You're a sheep in the wrong place. See, that's it. There's a market for destiny. And it's like those just, I like, I didn't have anything written down. I yeah. just showed up just and those out. words came out of my mouth and they stayed that way yep. forever. I didn't forget them. I didn't, it was just such a weird, pure musical experience, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Space Boy to me was kind of, frustrating at times because yeah. it was like singing for an instrumental yeah. band sometimes you know yeah. just like <laughs> because and, they're so you know, shredding it's like yeah. where do i fit in in this <laughs> and that's you know but it was that that was a great experience yeah and then, man yeah and it, it, so like even those lyrics what you're saying that's 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 what i feel like you embody you know like even yeah. like the 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 aquarium with no walls and you know who's who's got the key now kind of thing yeah. like where it's like all this outside kind of shit was taking you away from this inner stuff that keeps us connected to what yeah. I'm hearing you say is is nature you know which well, is our pure yeah. consciousness I think is like this connection you know we are the fucking the elements you know yeah with space boy it was kind of like you know the blast energy just came out of sheer rage yeah and <laughs> being a young person and, yeah. and you know and dealing with all that but the thing that's that's cool about music is it provides that outlet and it's like you could plug directly into a source if something's pissing you yep. off or bugging you you could process it out of your system through yep. music yep. and it's like um you know, it just provides that basis and if something's bugging you. And one of the things that I undeniably has always bugged me of just this mind fuck of being a young person and then, you know, evolving into an adult and being like, 
you know, the whole destruction of the earth thing, which is ultimately the destruction of us and yeah. our life source has always Absolutely. bugged the crap out of me. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, been I've, something that I can't understand. Yeah. And so it's always been a focal point of like, why is yeah. this happening? And like me trying to project some kind of like, you know, just kind of trying to size it up in my own mind, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like maybe expand someone else's mind of just yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. You know? Well, and that's, 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 that's what I get out of, you know, knowing you and listening to your music. And, and that's one of the reasons, like a lot of reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you on the podcast and let people kind of know what I see or see what I see, you know, because yeah. you, you do have that, you know, and it's like throughout all these years, man. And like, I was kind of reflecting on it. Like, it seems like whether the music thing, especially you've always kind of kept to me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, like um, that connection to what music really is, that kind of spiritual connection where I feel for me, I lost it. I lost it. I, it was, I got into a band in the 90s when punk got popular and all of a sudden labels yeah. and I'm seeing my friends get big things and like I lost. Yeah, you start wanting it too and that's I a was chasing thing that, too. I was chasing that carrot, man. I didn't yeah, give a we're fuck about the music. That, I was trying know? to make this yeah. fucking hit and no matter what, and like my friends, if like, and if you didn't like my band, you didn't like me and it was just like, it was really toxic where I mm -hmm. had to fucking pull away. Like after the band was gone and I had to really look at myself and go yeah. whoa so I, I kept away from music for a long time because I, I lost that connection I felt like I lost that connection knowing now playing again I'm like oh I never lost it I just kind of abandoned it in in the sense and it doesn't seem like you totally have unless I'm wrong did you ever experience any of that not really I mean I did it was like well that, that, it's, it's a weird thing it's like why is like one band that you're in huge yeah. and the whole world is totally. just in love yeah, like after it. blast, like yeah. life after blast, life but after then, fury you know, was like, oh, you know. But then all, the, yeah, like then you do something else, and you think everyone's going to be equally stoked, and they're, <laughs> they're not, not. You know, yeah. so it's like, yeah, yeah, it is weird, and you can't help but be a little bit like, God, what, you know, get a little bit weird, and you know, bitter sometimes when you see other people achieve yeah, man, things, it, and then I let it kind of, I let it take over my life where it, it, it fucked up some friendships, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, it, it got really toxic, you know, there's some regrets, you know, but, um, it's interesting. And I, I just curious your, your kind of experience, if you had any experience like that, but it didn't. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, uh, you know, Space Boy was really in a state where we were really at a point where like people were really starting to understand our music for some reason despite how weird it was yeah space boy it was and getting a uh, lot it of popularity. had that super crushing heavy element and then i remember we made gargantula after that you oh, know when right. yeah when some of the other guys moved away and it was just kind of like okay you know it was just like it just didn't have the same effect sure. you know yeah. and then i made dusted or I joined Dusted Angel right. after that. And Dusted, like, Dusted Angel was more, it seems like that was kind of getting you back. Because yeah. it was more, that that band was like, tell me if I'm wrong, more of your homies that like exactly. you started Dog and all those guys that you, you know, yeah. used to started playing out with. It was more of. Yeah, because I didn't know what they were doing. I knew that, you know, those guys were jamming together. And then, you know, it was like, uh, yeah, it was Dog, like Eric Fieber. Um, and Scotty Stevens, Elliot Young, yep, yep. and Bill Torgerson. And I was like, what? Those guys are jamming? Yeah, That's all your crazy. old homies. I'm like, what does that sound like? You know. And then they gave me a five-song CD of the first songs. And, 
you know, like out. And once again, it was Meekster who told me, he's like, Dog was like going like, oh man, you know, he was saying that they wished that I would sing for him or something. I'm like, fuck, I'll do that. You know, nice. it's fucking so, Meeks, man. He's I like, know. In the <laughs> he's like this, <laughs> this little fairy that fucking just, like, <laughs> yeah. the musical connection. And yeah, it was funny. And so I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And then I remember I was going to Mexico at the time with Craig Young for three yeah. weeks. And I'm like, okay, Craig well, Young. I'm leaving, but I'll take all these songs. And I came back, you know, and I wrote the Dusted Angel song and then, you know, I was like, that would almost be a rad name for a band. And people didn't really get it at first. And then afterwards, you know, it got to a point where everyone's like, wow, that, we should call the band Dusted Angel. And I think we're finally going to try to really record, oh, cool. you know, a record of these songs that we've been playing for right. 10 years. Yeah, you right. know? Like, <laughs> it's it's it kind of like, that. it's really cool that people come out and support us when we play. Yeah. And because uh, we don't play very often, so when it happens, people come out. I saw you down in Capitola, but, like the fog bank or some shit. Oh, yeah, that's it's, always super so fun. Fucking, like most random place I know. in Capitola. That's why, like, play. when well, our friend Jeff Lannis bought yeah, the place. Lan so, oh, he owns it? Yeah. Oh, no shit. So I was like, God, Jeff really? Lannis. We're really going to play there? That's going to be You're fucking bringing weird. out all the yeah. old names, man. Yeah, like, and cool. it was, like, super cool. It was like, that's a fun place to play. Yeah, 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 because it it's really kind of cool. like, yeah. It's but like, I never could have imagined <laughs> setting foot in <laughs> no. Capitola Village and playing a, no. a heavy music gig, you know? Ever, ever. So, um, you know, it's 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 just been fun, and we try yeah. to just keep it together and do our yeah, thing cool. a couple, few times a year. But yeah. now I think, you know... I think if we could just see, we've never had anything to offer anyone. Like yeah. people can't go buy a record of ours. Which or, kind of makes it kind of like cool too. Yeah, you the know, mystique, like, you know. mystique about it. But it would be great to like, yeah. I think we're really going to try to actually record something at this All point right. too. Right. And Well, you know, there's a fucking recording studio. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> easy. Uh, so, uh, so cool. Fucking de uh, Dusted Angel still going and now now you're doing uh seized up with C chuck up, from yeah. good riddance and then um who else is in the band uh, I, uh danny Dan buzzard Danny's who's in, in, okay uh fast asleep with uh chuck and actually andy andy was playing with those guys before he was the stopped. first drummer yeah. and then he stopped so Andy and from then, Model American, yeah, uh, Distillers, he, Distillers, he and Nerve Agents were insane. Nerve Agents too, that's right. And um, so what a fucking power, fucking what a fucking like, yeah, all star band, dude. And you guys are so fucking good, dude. Yeah, the thing that that blew my mind was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna find a drummer, and the fact that you know Andy was right there and he did it. Yeah, it's just like he's one of the you know best drummers Such a good I've drummer. ever seen sweetest in my dude life. too yeah like when the, the, he's a but kind he's giant like, yeah <laughs> he's, he's hit so hard and he's yeah. just so good you yeah. know and it was just kind of and Danny's a fucking you know. ma maniac on guitar dude. yeah <laughs> so and Chuck really I mean fun, they're all fucking know. so talented so what's up with you so is that your main thing right now is see, well I mean uh, pretty much just because we're disciplined enough as people to want to do right. it all the they, time yeah so they all have yeah you know like there's certain kinds of bands where you do this a little bit here sure, a little sure. bit there but seized up we you know we know what it takes to be in a band yeah. and make things happen yeah and that's we want to be in a band with other people sure. like that is going to make things happen yeah. and, yeah. and be like okay we're going to have the discipline to achieve these goals yeah and to create something that people are going to want to listen to. Yeah. And, Danny, was, you know. Danny was telling me a story of how you guys came up with the name. He said that you guys were playing and you didn't have a name yet. And like they brought in a song and you're like 
singing something, like doing the Clifford thing, and all of a sudden you're like, dude, I fucking seized up for a minute there on that song. Or <laughs> I was like, like oh, sorry, I kind of seized yeah, up. Yeah, I kind of seized Cause up. Chuck, Chuck, right before that, was like, I'm just going to listen to you guys talk. Yeah. And a name's going to come out of that. And then, like, shortly after that, I, I said that by accident or yeah, whatever. And, like, and Chuck's like, see, there you go. Yeah. And she's, like, stop in the middle of a song. It's stuck, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you seized up. It's such a perfect name. I mean, well, yeah. Sometimes I, you know, I feel like we should change it to, like, freed up or freed up. lighten up or something. Yeah, because, right. like, like I've been seized up. <laughs> it's, like, it's not a the good feeling. The incarnation <laughs> of that band, it's, like, the first record. Like basically, you know, we started out, okay, we're gonna make this awesome band. And I was like, oh shit, I got cancer, you know? Yeah, oh, so it was like, yeah. and so Chuck. right when the band was starting. Yeah, and Chuck yeah. was like, and I'd just go, you might wanna get someone else. And they're just like, we'll wait. Yeah. So they waited, you know, and that was super cool. And we did that right, you know, right after I came out of the chemo thing. And that was like one of the things that helped bring me back to life. Sure, man, yeah. Is, you know, before I was doing any kind of really exercise or yeah. something, those guys were like, why don't you just try some stuff, you know? And yeah. I started singing, and then all of a sudden, all that lung power and yeah. energy moving through cool. your body, it really helped a lot, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 plus, I had overwhelming support from family yeah. and friends and it's my a girlfriend. Heavy thing to go through, you know, man. girlfriend slash wife, Mindy, whatever. Yeah, We've yeah. been together, you know. Been for together for a long time. Mindy's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm and, um, so I had a lot of good energy around me, but it was just like that that band energy was kind of what started to really bring me back to life before I was doing other forms of physical stuff. Fucking spiritual connection, oh, bro. There you go. Yeah, for sure. But it was yeah. just kind of like, you know, the first record, you know, Radiation and Chemo. Damn. The 7-inch that we did, like the next record I did within a couple weeks after having more radiation. Fuck cyber knife radiation on the back of my neck what the fuck and then this third record you know like, <laughs> so, like, oh. so that's why like sometimes i'm just going like god seize Free, up, freedom you know? bro. Yeah, like maybe, i'm living yeah. up to the name like way yeah. too much yeah. you know? <laughs> it's just kind of like god and, yeah can um, we change the name maybe this will change the trajectory yeah, like, of what's going I'm on i'm just like okay this record is the last one this next one after this i don't want to like well, maybe I want to do it when I'm totally record. healthy. Yeah. Seized up to freeze, or freed up. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of, uh, and that's been incredible. And yeah. then, you know, hopefully, I think we're going to do a new Blast record in yeah, January. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Blast. So you guys, um, so after years of like not doing anything, and then Dave, did Dave contact you guys? Dave Grohl contact you guys to remix um, In My Blood? Well, what was weird is like, um, there was always just, you know, I don't think anyone really wanted to do Blast. We did one kind of small reunion. I remember that. Yeah, yeah like where how, we were like, yeah. we put on the flyer celebrating 10 years of being broken up, which is <laughs> yeah. how we wanted to stay. You know, yeah. like, and um, so we did that. And then around, it was 2013, actually, and I, I'd just gotten in a wreck, and I'd fractured my sternum. Oh, that's right, I remember that. So I was pretty messed up, and all of a sudden, Niders all meet me at the Cliff Cafe, and... And so all of a sudden he's, you know, and he was kind of the guy who was always, we always had this thing. It's just like, when you think about it, we were the one band from the olden days that didn't get back together. No. Yeah, Everyone yeah. did it. Yeah, Everyone yeah. did it for the money or yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Did you get offers to? 
We always got tons of I offers, bet, yeah. especially overseas. You guys, wasn't there a cover band? Well, yeah, called, that was what's weird. Before cover bands were cool, there was a cover the band only, in, in yeah, Europe or something. Only, there was the was... Doors one, the Beatles one. There was <laughs> in literally <the> one. <laughs> only a couple like cover bands in the world. The Rolling Stones one, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's a Blast cover I remember band that, that was surreal. They're I from mean, England or something. They were from yeah. It was like one of the dudes like one of the dudes was from like a really good major metal band at that time and then another punk band and i remember the guy who was putting it together called me and wanted me to go over there and yeah. do that and at that point in time i just was like Whatever. no this yeah. is weird yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know the only thing that irked me about that or us about that is that you know it was like the power of expression which yeah. is the name of one of our records yeah. that was the name of the band but then on the you know i was like okay this is a blast tribute band sure. cover band but then it's almost like they got too involved in it like wait you know, we could almost get away with people thinking that this oh, is us. because you, know? you guys were kind of obscure. And they were like playing with Voivod and doing these oh, festivals no in Europe and stuff. And then like I saw the record and I was totally cool with it. But then I saw the record and on the back of the record in tiny writing, it was like all songs by Blast. Oh shit. So and that kind just kind of, yeah, I was like, okay, no, these guys are going no, down. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. we were almost going to like go after them. And, and then they just kind of dissolved anyways. But um you know, so yeah, 2013, Mike starts going, look, here's what's going on. I think we're going to remix It's In My Blood. And, and was he? You know, or not remix was It's he, In My Blood, but take some old tracks that were from that era. Okay. And uh, put this, you know, th this alternative version of it out on uh, Southern Lord. Right. And then the way the Dave Grohl thing came in was just like, like um, we were going to get like, you know, I, Kurt Ballou, you know, like God City, like mm -hmm. from a Converge. We yeah, had yeah. all these people that we were considering. And then, you know, uh, Dave Grohl had that insane studio. And then it's like Greg Anderson mentioned it to him and he just goes, hey, this is a done deal. They're oh, coming shit. here. They're not doing it anywhere that else. You know? And he just got that fucking console. The from 606, yeah. yeah that is such a bitchin' place. Like it's... Yeah. um. It's like a fortress, you know? Wow. It's like it's so like cool. closed in with this big wall and it's like got the this insane, you know, it's a really comfortable place mm -hmm. to be. There's an upstairs area with a kitchen and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the the studio itself. Then there's a huge, you know, the 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 room that you could record in is really big. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a warehouse attached to it cool. where they could do all their crew fighters all stuff. Their shit, yeah. Store just yeah. tons of gear and yeah, everything yeah. and a and then it's just this huge, you know. So he was like done deal. And then how did? Because he, then he recorded like some songs with you guys too, so, uh, like a seven inch or something. Yeah, that was like he did the, the. You know, like, the thing with the the blood record. Yeah, mixed it. Yeah. And then after that, there was these two songs that like, one was just kind of made up like really fast. But I'd heard one song the for those who graced the fire one yeah and um nick and joey were super busy at the time and joey and you know we started to get like it, it's frustrating you know like it's super cool that everyone's in different bands yeah but it's like but joey's fucking busy i don't oh, know yeah. <laughs> well yeah the scheduling he's like is playing insane. with circle jerks right now yeah <laughs> i know it's, it's super hard you know to get us all in the same place at mm -hmm. the same time so then i don't i can't remember how it happened but nider sent Dave a song and said, okay, I've got some free time. Let's do it next week or something. 
So I had like five days to come up with those lyrics oh, no and learn shit. those songs. <laughs> and Chuck Dukowski uh, was like, yeah, I'll do it, you oh, know? Oh, shit. And he like practiced a couple times a night or like yeah. learning the songs. Yeah. But... Um, you know, we never practiced all together. Like Dave never practiced with those guys. I was all just all that shit was just in yeah, the studio. Yeah, I, I wrote the lyrics just to guitar. Wow. Which I don't. I like drums and yeah, you want bass to, in there. You know, too, totally. So it was like, you know, and then we went down there, and then they felt it out together, and I was there listening to it. So it was like it kind of confirmed the fact that okay, these lyrics work, mm -hmm. and so I just was listening to it so much while they were doing it. Sure. You know, and Dave yeah. was just like incredible yeah okay, you know and yeah. chuck and you know they're all jamming in there and dave's just going was okay. that was that kind of surreal like just like okay well it was because it was so good chuck, from the get-go okay, but, but like, dave was just like no that's not it that's not it give me a minute give me a minute you no know and shit. he kept just yeah, like yeah, cool and it was like okay and then when it that's cool when so it, he, he yeah. put put he fucking was invested that's yeah great. when he got down to like you know the final version it was like holy crap yeah. this is really like gone to a point where it had gotten insane and that was a really fun experience yeah, yeah. and then we did the other split seven inch with i hate god right yep. with nick and joey for that cut your teeth okay. song and we made a video for that and and we actually had a a contract with rise records at that time oh, no shit for a really like great amount of money yeah that's a fuck <laughs> and they it, were like a little independent they got really big yeah they got they really have some big. like random like all kinds of different music on there yeah too like blast is the kind of thing where it's just like if it happens i'll do it i'm always going to be there i like that I like when that. it happens you know but and that's uh, what i was I, for, I mean kind of with those fury guys i'm like just let me know i'll fucking do it you know there's yeah. no you know and i don't know about you with those it sounds like you have a different thing but it's everybody has like different everybody has different agendas it's and it's hard, like going yeah. humming over things and i'm like yo and it doesn't have to be that hard you it's know it's like when everyone <laughs> grows up unless you're like some kind of trust fund kid exactly. or something you know like, yeah, exactly. who could just like you gotta, we gotta fucking parents are gonna buy you a van we're and still like, hustling pay for bro. you to live yeah. it's like you can't we gotta hustle you know it's like basically <laughs> touring and being in a band sometimes it's just like it's like being like a glorified carny, you know. It is, dude. <laughs> I always like, I say that, you know. It's, you know, it's we're like, hobos. Like yeah. that's really is like I just fucking want to jump on a train. And it's like you're gonna go play. out there and make no money and yeah. just you know. And, and for years, like Space Boy, we would just play anywhere at any time, yeah. you know. And and it was cool to like come back as, you know, and blast and have it be different than yeah. when it was when we were younger. And it's like you know. And I still really like doing it. I mean, you just have to be realistic about the touring thing. It's yeah. like not something that a lot of people really want to do is to go out for no, two unless, months straight unless and just fucking, live on the road. Yeah, you know? no, unless it, that's the thing. It's like, I'll do that, but there's got to be some certain yeah. precedents. And that's what's cool about, you know, Seized Up is like we all are really serious about doing our thing, but everyone's in different bands. Realistic about it. So yeah. everyone's busy, but we're really good about making the time to do it and really like understanding each other's schedules sure. and respecting each other's yeah. other things finding balance and it's like this new record that we're gonna do sometime within the next couple months like i actually just finished a big song like the last two songs that are really kind of two of the newer different ones mm -hmm. that are really kind of pushing us over the edge into mm -hmm. this whole nother trip like i was able to finish so the songs those. are kind of morphing a little bit yeah, yeah. and then we have about three more and then so I mean, I mean, I'm almost to the point where, you know, I think, you know, like I, I could say to Chuck, like, hey, book this time, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And put the fire under our asses yeah. 
like we're down to the last couple songs that I haven't really heard. I just heard this one mind-blowing one for the first time at the last practice, like last week. And, you know, we're to a point where we could be like, okay, let's commit now. Mm -hmm. And ideally I thought, you know, we had thought that maybe we'd be recording right about now. But I mean, I could see it happening pretty soon, depending on the schedules and, you know, what, when the studio is available. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, I think you it's- you go down to Paul Minor again? I think yeah, so, because yeah. it's just like, yeah. you know, um, it's like we recorded the seven inch with, uh, you know, Mikey Ross and Kurt Schlegel, who were incredible up mm. at uh, Lucky Studios in SF. And that was great. But in terms of just like the sound that we got on that first record, yeah. we just really want to like, that's, you know, we really want to sound like that. Yeah, specifically like, Paul, like Paul, that. Paul Minor really like, he's he becomes part of it. Yeah, and, and the risk, cool. you know, like there was talk about doing a lot of different things and they were all like really great things to do and great people mm. to be involved with it. But it's like, it's like to just stray away from that when we feel like we're guaranteed, you know, like that sound again, we kind of yeah. just have to stick with it. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't yeah. really to roll the dice somewhere nah, go else. Go with what you, you know. know. Yeah, it's too, too late in the game for it to, yeah. to roll the dice anymore. So it's like, go with the familiar path, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm like looking we're looking forward, forward to that. Yeah, and it'll be no. cool to test the water with the, yeah. the live thing again. I haven't played a live show since, I guess it was like last November. Oh shit, yeah, it's just all the, so, the hell stuff and getting, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even, you know, that was pretty hectic. Like when I was doing that, I was definitely really affected by the chemo, you yeah, know? And it's yeah. like the, not to mention like the way that the myeloma attacked my spine yeah. and my ribs. And Damn. I was just like a like lopsided, yeah. insanely painful beyond like, like I couldn't even sit or stand in any yeah. comfortable way. Uh, my rib cage was like sideways and I was just completely mutated. Ugh, crazy. And it was like, it was so weird because like the oncology place that I go to, yeah is right by Moe's Alley. Oh, no shit. And when we committed to doing that show, I was in a state where I was like, this is physically impossible <laughs> yeah, to do, you yeah. know? <laughs> and it was just kind of like, okay. And I would just like, you know, and the chemo did work right away. Good, like good. once it started happening, a lot of the pain disappeared cool. where I thought it was like my back was out or I, it was some kind of physical thing that could be fixed by a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, don't do that. Cause yeah. like if a chiropractor adjusts you, you'll like, your spine will deteriorate, <laughs> you know, like, don't do that. Fucking and, scary, dude. And so it was kind of scary to like, you know, definitely got to keep my distance from people Yeah. to some extent, you yeah, know. Yeah, especially with COVID too. Well, that like too, that was a whole shit. other element. God. But it was just so weird because like at first, when I first started going to the thing, and then all of a sudden it got to the point where, okay, the, the Moe's Alley thing is booked, you know. And we only got to play three shows as seized up. We came out of the gate so strong and had all these great shows lined up and you know we got to do two san francisco or two uh, santa cruz shows one san san francisco show and then it was done you know yeah. with the COVID thing damn so um so really we only played uh, not even a handful yeah. of shows and we'd gotten that. signed right then and there yeah. too so we're like oh there goes that deal right, right. but luckily pirates press has been so cool. incredibly cool so the records are, are all, all the records out on pirates press or uh or just the new oh wait, ones. the seven inch was uh, was done like by Al up in uh, 
Canada, Cursed Blessings. Okay. And and that was really cool too. But like Pirates Press has been supportive in distributing That's that. Cool, and I yeah. mean we're definitely as far as we know, hopefully yeah. if they're down and you know, can kick down for the recording. I mean, yeah. that's where we intend to do the next record. And they've been great. And they were like really reassuring mm-hmm. during that time period of like, hey, don't worry about this. Oh, cool. You know, that's we're cool. going to make up for it in different yeah. ways. You can't play live, but we're going to put out this record and we're yeah. going to push it really hard. And, you know, it did really good. So it's it was nice to come back, you know, but under the circumstances, I mean, I would show up to get my chemo and it would just be like, I'd look over at Moe's Alley and it would just yeah. give me this creepy feeling. I'm like, what am I thinking, Damn, you know? Man. And I'd see it advertised in the paper and I'm just going like, my God, you know, this yeah. is insane. And then it, you know, I had a edema, which is, yeah, it's that? like basically like elephantitis, oh, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. Like so my, your my legs feet and my legs and like my balls were like oh, the size no. of grapefruits, you know? It's just... <laughs> It was just insane, you know, and that all got worked out and things were getting worked out. And that was from the chemo or? Yeah, the chemo and and, uh, maybe some of the other whatever medication I was on, you know, that was like basically related to the chemo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was just so weird to be like looking at that venue and I'd pick up the paper and like read, you know, and like look at the listing and be like, oh my God, and it's right there and I'm right here. And then, what a f- you know, it got to contrast. a point and it, it went great, but it was definitely challenging. I'm looking forward now. Yeah. You know, I still have like some numbness in my feet and my legs feel just a little bit like stiff and tired, you know, and I'm definitely to a point where I, you know, I still can't lift anything over 10 pounds. It's wow. like, but it's, it's compared to how I felt before you know, then that last it's like show. I think I could handle a half hour yeah. you know so I'm looking forward to trying it out yeah, yeah, and yeah. it feels like that'll be like the gateway to just seeing you know like I mean to the being, thing you know to being freed up well basically yeah exactly <laughs> like having a job you know and going back to work yeah I don't know if I could really do that you know yeah. like if I play a show for a half hour yeah. I might mess myself up yeah but then I have this infinite time to just rest and recover where to go back to a work situation, you know, and be on your feet and be doing this whole thing for like a few hours, you know, it's like, uh, I could see it being really difficult. It's definitely like a whole nother frontier and I'm hoping to get back to that. I don't want to, I don't like not being able to sustain myself, you know, financially. But even that is. Are you working at the Catalyst and stuff still? I mean, technically, I can. Bartending and stuff? I can be an employee there. Yeah. (laughs) But I haven't been there since like March 8th of the COVID year, 2020. Yeah, wow. It was like, you know, I showed up and worked this show like Pepper or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, okay, see you guys. In a couple of days, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like two years no, late. It's like I'm still really compromised for sure, yeah. but it's getting there. You just got to kind of, it's, it's getting, baby It sounds steps. like getting your strength up too. Yeah. How, how does, like, again, tying the spirituality, and we talked about a little bit, like, like does this tap you into, like, your kind of connection again? Or what kind of, like, do you use spirituality through this kind of freaking healing process well, it was definitely right now? that. I mean, I've always been able to, like achieve sort of an outer body state yeah. of uh so because it's so body you know it's like yeah. your whole body's fucking just like, like you have to be no. able to block out a lot of pain and yeah. and um 
you know, deal with a lot of stuff. Well, just even and it's yeah, just, just like, having that, you know. I mean, it definitely brings you down to the point where I was kind of like, you know, and even this last time, the first time and the last time, I was like, oh, yeah, give me some songs because I'm going to be bored in there. I'll work on them, like, nonstop. So music like, kind of keeping you and going it was kinda and like, connected. I didn't listen to that stuff, you know. I listened to it a couple times in the beginning, but when it got down to, you know, like, basically with a, a bone marrow transplant, yeah. your red and white blood cells just get down to zero. Damn. To the point where you're just, you know, you lose all your weight and you're just barely, like there yeah. you know and it's like I got to a point where I was just like I don't want to associate this music that I love uh, you know with, with like Blast and Seized Up and yeah. Dusted Angel with this situation right right and I just it, it almost like I mean it just didn't seem relevant to even yeah so how did you keep because you have such a positive attitude and it seems I've been talking to you like off and on through this whole thing what what kept that positive kind of like outlook and just well it's going. just what it is you just got to do your time you got to follow through with this stuff and it's like I'm really good at like like the doctors like especially cancer doctors yeah. like I've had such great people cool you know like locally and at UCSF that it's just like they're not gonna like you know, like tell you stuff to make you feel good. It's right. like if you're going to die, they're going to tell you that you're yeah. going to die straight up. They're yeah. going to be totally straight up with yeah. your entire situation. So you're knowing that and so well, you're trusting like what they're telling they never telling told you. me that I was going to die. Yeah, like so they the trust first time they're, they're like, you, we're going to get this. Cool. You know, cool. and then there was times with this thing when my back, when I had compression fractures in my spine and ribs where it was basically like having a broken back and broken yeah. ribs, you know, for like, God, like at least a couple few months. And yeah. it was like, um, it's still there, which is why I still don't know how much I'm capable of. I got to be really careful with a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, just trying to start trying to ease back into a normal life. Yeah. And hopefully like, you know, maybe I, I might not ever be able to work again, sure. you know, on the level that I'm used to. And I kind of have to accept that, that yeah. I might be permanently, permanently kind of, you know, semi-disabled. Yeah. And that's just my reality sure. right now. But I make the best of it. It's not like yeah. I'm, compared to where I was, yeah. it's livable. So there's like an acceptance, you know? but not a complacency. Because I see yeah. you like, with the music, with uh, going out surfing, you have your board in your car and stuff. Like, yeah. You know, and it's like just kind of easing back into the stuff that makes you feel good. Yeah, the alive. surfing thing definitely hurts. You know, it's like I... Uh, because that's your connection. It's very right? questionable whether I will be able to do that again. Damn. But I've I've had injuries that set me back to the point where I didn't think I was ever going to do it again. Wow. For like being out with bad back injuries yeah, for yeah. eight months or a year. And then all of a sudden, come back. wow, okay, I'm surfing yeah. again, you know. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this could be the case. But I at the same time, I have to accept it. And like I said, just the discipline of being in that situation and doing, following through with what you have to do. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, when I was doing radiation the first time, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're so happy and you show up every day. Yeah, exactly. it's and it's just yeah. like, I'm like, why would you not why show you up? Not? Why yeah. would you want to well, drag so on this situation, get fucking, it over with and yeah. get it done? It's you know? heavy, though, man. You know, it's like, fucking, I can see why. Yeah. People, that's why I just admire you. It's just like you're staying positive, showing up, doing yeah. what you need to do. And, and it's just, you know, like I would ask, is this everything's cool? And I'd be <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we got and this. Interesting the peeps that are. You know, like, he goes, I know this is like not something you want to hear because it's the C word and blah, yeah. blah, blah, but 
with multiple myeloma. It's controllable. Cool. It's you know manageable at the very least, yeah. possibly cur curable. Like I might have cured it with that bone marrow nice. transplant, you know, nice. but it could buy you X amount of time yeah. up to like 10 or so years or something, yeah. you know. And uh, ideally, you know, I would be able to just stay on the track that I'm on, not yeah. doing chemo or any maintenance kind of stuff. There's a good chance that I might have to do some of that on a maintenance level, but hopefully if it was successful and I could kind of try to do stuff on my own to help myself along, maybe it won't happen that way and I'll be able to just stay off of it completely. But it's just in the main thing, it's just, you know, yeah, you just have to be able to, you know, there was times when I'd be in so much pain where I'd be like, yeah. really, I'm not gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, well, like death. <laughs> that's what they told me, so yeah. I just believed it. I was just like, well. So just orienting your mind. They're the that. experts, and yeah. if, if I was gonna die, they would have told me straight up. Sure, sure. So I just believed it in my head that I wasn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, not to mention just being on a ton of drugs, yeah. you know, <laughs> is really like the, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, and I've always been able to just kind of just live. It's it's just like your your current version of your reality. Yeah. It's just like sometimes you're in one zone, sometimes you're in another. Yep. And it's like Earth is just like I said, such a weird variable place, yep. where it's like sometimes you're here and sometimes you're there. Yep. And it's like it's amazing like what your body could go through and still manage to sustain you yeah. know yeah. so it's like the resilience it's always, is a resilience piece which is it's nature. always challenging so resilient, you know and you know? i kind of get off on those weird challenges of being like really you know like can i survive this yeah. you know and of course just, i mean and it's kind of like um i don't know i just take it as like it's not like something i could really control yeah so i can't put energy into trying to fight the flow yeah you know i just have to go with the flow and be like nice. this is where i'm at and this is where i will hopefully be when this is done yeah. you know and so far to some extent you know fingers crossed it seems to be working yeah. or it has yeah. worked so yeah, good so whatever and it's like, like you know not to mention i just don't have a choice in the matter right Right. It's like, like some surrender, know. but like again, I don't hear the complacency. Like, uh, it's like, yeah, I'm showing up, doing the things, you know, in that flow, you yeah. know, which is kind of like I feel like, you know, that that connection where it's like, sounds to me like what I get out of like even your spiritual path is like, what it called a path or not, but it's just this connection with like the earth, the elements, the seasons, the fucking this earth, how it's resilient. It's like that's you, you know. Yeah. There's all these variables. You're here, there, you know. It's like um, yeah, there's this resiliency are, piece that you know. You I've always either, you know been a kind of person that always wants to carry my own weight too, and kind yeah. of you know be self sufficient, you know. Yeah. So to have to depend on disability or sure. you know take that. I don't want to take money away from people who need it need more it, than yeah. I do. Yeah. You know, I definitely could not have done it on my own. So I couldn't cool, have like kept a roof over my head yeah. on my own yeah. and I couldn't, you know. And you know, once again like Mindy has been there for me the whole time, yeah. all my friends, my family. Everyone's been really supportive, you yeah. know, but well I just I feel like, you know, that's it's just a kind of a testament to who you are. And the friends that you surround yourself and the way that you bring to relationships. Yeah. You know, it's like reciprocal, you know. So, yeah, of course, you know, I mean, not of course, but uh, such a cool thing that, you know, people are here for you. And that's what, what you're seeing, you know, and you really see. Yeah. That, you know, beautiful. And that can keep that can keep 
just that having that faith and like the trust in the people that you're in relationship with can keep us going it's like yeah. community is so important man it's like that belonging and, and connection which is spiritual in itself that connection you know yeah the love and just with the you know the music thing too it's like i don't want to be i either want to not do it or i want to do it on a level that is the level that people expect mm. from me and yeah. the band that i'm in i don't want to yeah. degrade sure the band that i'm in by being messed up yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like that's been a challenging part but like i said it's generally you know especially with seized up it's like i'm busy enough just saying words and at least yeah. my lungs are strong yeah so yeah. i feel like i could at least do that you know and it's like you know maybe not you know it, it kind of keeps me out of trouble in a sense where like blast with the super crushing like you know gnarly open parts with no words <laughs> yeah. where i'm just gonna go crazy and like yeah you know do all the contortions <laughs> well, that, yeah that's part of your and thing it's like you know saying. i look at those old videos and it's like god no wonder i'm messed up <laughs> you know, but it's Dude, like, like i said man there was like i watch you and i'm like holy fuck and i i like always like it, Look, I'm like, I was trying to bite your style all over the fucking place. But, you know, most of it was like, yeah, yeah it feeling it next day. But just be... feeling that, and it's like, it just feels so good, that release, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you're almost like possessed in a way by the music and the moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's what was really cool. I really appreciate the fact that when I was going through that chemo phase and was really skinny and, you know, kind of weak, that people still came out and supported. Yeah. And I really was dedicated to it just trying to, you know, do it in a way that wasn't half-assed, yeah. you know? And it's like, I think that hopefully now, you know, just in terms like I may, you know, technically be more messed up at this point, but last year when I was on the chemo yeah. and it was just, you know, where at least now it's like I might be kind of screwed up, but I'm kind of accepting of that fact. Yeah and kind of realize what I have to work with mm -hmm. within my confines. Right, right. And it's kind of like, I feel like, okay, this, you know, can be really good. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, compared to, at least even if it's, you know, might not be any different than, than, you know, last year when we played those shows, it'll at least, I'll feel better. Yeah. You know, cause I'm not, you know, like I said, to be like messed up is one thing, but to be saturated yeah. with such an intense poison yeah yeah you know like just literally just you know overcoming your body just yeah, this man. insanely toxic like totally like, stuff it's in like your body, so uncontrollable you know? and you're just like yeah you have your cognitive like knowing and it's like that you can do things but the body's just like hell no yeah you know? so what a kind of like Damn, you know. So now I'm kind of, you know, just thriving on the the baby steps of yeah. being like, okay, I'm a little bit closer to maybe. Yeah, and I love that know. the music's kind of the indi indicator too, and it's like yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, like that's the connection for you, you know. I love and with it. with multiple myeloma, you know, it's I've I've been reading. I didn't. I tried not to know too much about. <laughs> right? Yeah, we don't want to go down yeah. those rabbit holes. <laughs> no, I I just didn't because I was like, well, I'm. I'm gonna do it no matter what. Yeah. And I'm gonna do what they tell me to do physically. Like I had to sign a written contract, literally saying that I would quit smoking pot and drinking oh, no beer. During chemo or Well, just general? during that, like within a couple weeks to a month of yeah. the, the bone marrow transplant. Oh, okay, yeah. 
And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, you know, that was really good on its own level. And, uh, you know, I could still eat pot and do stuff like that. But okay. the thing, you know, about being at UCSF is I couldn't eat the pot there oh, shit. or the edibles or the CBDs or any of that stuff be because I think basically what it came down to is a federal thing as opposed uh, to a state thing. Okay. If I would have been at Stanford, I probably could have. Sure. So, I mean, I, I prefer the natural mm -hmm. medicine of, of herb yeah. as opposed to the stupid yeah. pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yeah, the you know? like opioids and all that other shit. But it was what it was, yeah. and it was just, um, you know, I'm looking forward. Like, they say a lot of, you know, it takes generally, a lot of, you know, times it's about a year before you could really go back to work. Mm-hmm. And um, at least some physical work, yeah. you know, and if there's a way that I could retrain myself or get computer skills or do sure. something. But the thing is, it's like I can't sit for an extended period of time either. Yeah. So it's so like the back pain and, you know, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And I just yeah. feel like I'm making progress, you know, like like the doctors have already said, like, oh, you're doing stuff and you look better. Like, you know, like one of my doctors at UCSF who I hadn't seen in a couple of years since before the COVID stuff, I finally had a checkup with that for the original thing. And I was just like going, oh man, yeah. I don't even want to go here right, right now. Like, yeah. what if that, like, yeah. you know? So luckily that was good. But she was just like, man, I can't believe that you just did this, Nice, you know, two and a half, three months ago. And I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not, you know, there was that reassurance of the doctor saying, well, you're doing better than a lot of people would, Ooh. you know, at the couple of months mark than a lot of people would at six months. Yeah. And that's when I realized, okay, this is a slow recovery. Yeah. I had all these like high hopes of getting out of the hospital. Yeah, I mean, and, it's like, let's go, and let's go do like, the okay, record, let's go know, serving. Yeah, and then I get up <laughs> off, out of bed, you know, which I have to like sit for half an hour, an hour, and be like, I'm going to get out of bed. Wow. I'm going to get out of bed, yeah, you know. Then I wake up and I'm all stiff. And then I like go 20 feet across the room, like, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch for a couple <laughs> yeah. hours, you know. Wow, and it really man. did, you know, surprise me. And then I started kind of going, okay, maybe I should look into what this recovery really entails. And yeah. that's when I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of screwed here. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I got to be patient and it's going to take time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just like, like I said, it could be a year before I can really function enough to go back to work and back to doing like, quote, normal stuff, yeah. you know, and, and surfing could be totally out of the picture. It's like I... I've been getting in the ocean recently. Yeah, body womp. I was going to ask you any body. And womp I tried to paddle, and yeah. it's like I'm not as locked up as I was before the transplant. Not as seized up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so it's it's getting there, yeah. but it's just you just got to be patient. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. you can't force stuff. Yeah. And you just got to kind of just try to focus on other things. Yeah. And like the one thing that I can do is I can write songs. Beautiful. Yeah. And exactly. I can practice, and hopefully I can play shows on a limited basis yeah. and yeah. so I'm just trying to focus on that everything else is just you know trying to walk a little bit more each day you yeah. know go on some hikes yeah get little out progress there. yeah totally. and it's it's gnarly you know yeah it's like you you know I feel like I just ran a marathon if I hike you know a yeah. mile or two or whatever yeah. and um you know trying to do light bike rides and stuff like that mm -hmm. but then there's that recovery time of like you know but then after I do the exercise and it hurts and and stuff like that. When the you know when I hit the wall and have to rest for a few, I come back and I feel stronger and more energy. You know. Yeah. Nice. So it's like there's still you know 
definitely pain involved and yeah. stiffness and but you're seeing like the weakness the but, progress and a big part of it for me too is gaining some weight back because yeah. it was just like yeah. scary you know yeah. and it's like i'm still you know under 165 i was 154 155 wow. and my normal weights generally 180 damn so it's like i'm still you know but i'm getting to a point where i'm starting to get some muscle tone back cool and uh yeah, you look good, man. You know, it, it feels... Yeah. yeah. Look at Clifford. feels livable. Yeah. <laughs> Where before it was just kind of like, God, really? You know? Yeah. I'm so, I'm so, just, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm stoked to see you, stoked to be with you. And just thank you for fucking just, yeah, bringing this part, you know, and because I think it's so important, you know, let people hear too, like how you fucking can get through stuff like this, yeah. which is a fucking gnarly thing, you know? Um it's a huge, like, I mean, it's a super gnarly thing. Well, there's just, I mean, cancer is everywhere. I mean, basically, yeah. our environment around us is poisonous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, the yeah, air we breathe, the yeah. water we drink, the yeah. food we eat, you know, like the... The stress. The, you know, the, the stress is the most toxic, yeah. but this just, you know, the fact that there's all these, you know, just the, uh, you know, PCBs from the... Yeah. Telephone lines Those, and cell phones yeah. is a whole nother level, yeah. you know, like the yeah. whole a fucking water bottles. Stuff. You know, it's like yeah, plastic, plastic and, shit. and yeah. just do you ever it's just, you know. Do you ever I, I mean I, I don't I know there is like a lot of people that um uh, experience the can cancer and the, the um radiation and stuff, uh do like mindfulness meditation. Have you got into any meditation or mindfulness around? Well, I mean it's like this? I've never been involved in meditation. You know, I've always considered myself a spiritual person and close yeah. to nature, and I just feel like I'm, I mean, I was just born in a meditative state sure. that yeah. I've never in the snapped moment, out my, of. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm like yeah, a chronic, connected. like, daydreamer, like, sure. space cadet, you yeah, know, yeah. like, I'm, my mind's in outer <laughs> You're space. You're in another realm, for sure. All the yeah. time, like, every day is an outer body yeah. experience, sure, unless I'm 100% sure. focused on, like, a specific work situation sure, or sure, something sure. like that. It's just all, I mean, I try to keep my reality naturally altered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like. Well, that's an interesting thing. Like, so mindfulness, you know, meditation is, mindfulness is like, it's actually bringing our awareness into the body. It is, for and sure. It's, you know, it's like, what is our direct experience? Mindfulness, meditation, there's all yeah. kinds of different meditations. There's chanting, there's walking, there's movement, there's all kinds of stuff. But mindfulness in particular is bringing our awareness to how am I experiencing this moment? Through our senses, first foundation, just breath, body, and this does a lot to our nervous system. Yeah. So that's that's what help. That's why I think it helps with stress. Is well, it yeah. relaxes the the frontal part of our brain? I mean, basically, you know, your soul or your being mm -hmm. or your spirit or whatever you want to call it is like you're born into this fleshy, this like, fleshy. Yeah, exactly. So what's you know, this experience prison of just this walking like mm -hmm. corpse? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's kind of like not to mention the fact that your body is a contraption. One hundred. It's like yeah, it's it like a motor. It's like a yeah. you know that can break down at any time. Any time. And yeah. there's tons of things that could go wrong. And it's yeah. like every time that I deal with something like this, it's a learning experience sure. about learning about your body, and being more in tune with it. Yeah. You know, and it's like what's going to take you back to being the way that you want to be. Yeah. And I know that it's you know on some levels it is possible. You know. And it's like, you know, like when I started to learn more about the, uh, you know, when I recently started to try to get some, some help with stuff in terms of like coming to grips of like, wow, okay, I might not be able to, 
you know, Dude. if I'm going to survive, I've got to, you know, get some, some help right now in terms yeah. of, you know, dealing with whatever unemployment and yeah. stuff that you could get. And, yeah disability stuff like that where i kind of came to grips with like as i started to learn more about the recovery it's like okay this is going to take a while yeah and it's questionable like you know best case scenario it's like hopefully i won't need any kind of disability or something yeah. after a year yeah you know which is what they say the general you know but then there's people that you know it could be a little bit sooner or a little bit later but it could take a long long time it's patience. not patience <laughs> and depending yeah. on how lucky i get with keeping it at bay yeah. and another actually thing that that really kept my head above water is the fact that you know with the world in the state that it's in yeah and knowing that i had such a great life that right. isn't you know that is totally separate from where the world's at now yeah it's kind of like, well, shit, you know, this would be an insane time to die. Right, like, I'll yeah, take it, like, yeah. bring it on. Sure, I, don't, I won't man. have to deal with anything. Sure, you know? yeah. I'll be freed up of all this shit. Where basically yeah. if I got diagnosed with some kind of terminal thing, all I'd have to do is get on Facebook for five minutes <laughs> or turn on the news yeah. and see this current state of weird uh, divisiveness that's yeah. being inflicted on people through technology and yeah. through social media. Yeah. You know, like I said, I get on Facebook for five minutes, see the pictures of in the news of these politicians, and just be like, "Wow, thank you! Well, yeah, I'm exactly. stoked. Yeah. Get me out of here!" Get you me know? Out of, yeah. Where sure. at the same time, what I'm not. You know, I, I feel like Earth is the kind of place where you have to do your time. Yeah. You know, I don't ever feel like suicide is an option or giving up is an option. Sure. I feel like you have to do your time here yeah. or you're just going to get like reincarnated as like a toad or something, you, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, you have to do your thing here. You have yeah. to graduate from and Earth. how are you doing your thing yeah. here? You know, yeah, like you have are, to like yeah. achieve, you have to yeah. do like learn what you're supposed to learn sure. here and graduate from Earth into yeah. the next phase. I like it. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of like whatever. It's and you like, feel like you've, you've done a lot in this yeah. lifetime, you know, enough to, I mean, it was kind of funny, like when I first <laughs> got diagnosed with this before I knew how serious it was or whether it was pullable, I just straight up asked about euthanasia. Yeah. And they just looked at me like, what are you talking about? We You're like, well, I'm ready. We don't do this in this country. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> like, I was going to be like, can I get you know? Kevorkian's number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just whatever, you know? And it's yeah. like, so. Wow. But like I said, it's just, yeah, you got to do your time here and make yeah. the most of it. Yeah. You know, and what so. a fucking interesting perspective. It's fucking switched, man. But yeah, fucking appreciate you, dude. We've been talking for a while, but yeah, I, I God, really this appreciate it. going to be like <laughs> yeah, 10 I love part it. series. No, <laughs> man, I make it one. And it's like people can listen, they can come back and listen. But I just, I appreciate our conversation. appreciate you no, as a person, great, yeah. as a friend, the way that, you know, um, you've been a pivotal part of my life, um, whether it's just personal or um, music kind of stuff. So thank you so much. And I, I yeah. and just your encouragement and your fucking, of, of uh, sharing your story of this journey with fucking the cancer shit now dude and yeah. like still the positive and like the connection with music and you know i i think that's the message if if nothing else like so if there's it one thing like if there's one through line like for anybody going through this kind of thing what what's like one thing that you could just like say that this helped you the most through this well like i said i mean you just you know you kind of just have to accept where you're Acceptance. at and it's like there's 
you know, they could easily say like, oh, you're going to die or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, they could tell me that at any time or whatever, but they haven't. Yeah. And until they do, yeah, I'm not going to. Sure. You know, worry about not it. dwelling on the what no. if. It's, it's like it's okay, just, right it's now like it's if like they're this. telling me yeah. that you know, yeah. and, they're, and they're awareness, very upfront yeah. about telling you what you have to do, yeah. what it's going to take for you to get through it. Yeah, and it's like you have to believe them. You have to have that belief of like, okay, well, and like I said, they're not going to tell you, you know. They're not going to beat around the bush. They're going to tell you exactly where you're at and what it takes to get you out of it or if you can get out of it or whatever. So it's like you just have to, like, accept the situation and have the mental strength to just be like, okay, this is where I'm at and kind of not dwell too much on that. Mm. Dwell on more of the healing and also be disciplined enough to like go to your appointments do your thing, and yeah. do your thing and yeah. do exactly what they say yeah. to do. Don't miss doses of medication. Yeah. Don't do this stuff that is... Um, just so even if you're feeling a little bit better, you just don't fucking yeah. rest on that laurel. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So it's yeah. just, you know... Yeah. And there's just, you know, there's plenty of support. Like, hopefully, you know, if you have good people good around people you, around you yeah. you're going to get through it on yeah. any level. And like I said, you know, it's like either you live or you die and with the current state of the world like that's not a bad thing either I kind of I, I do like, I like it's, it sounds morbid but I like that fucking kind well, of well it's just like with the direction that the world <laughs> is going right now yeah and it's man. like oh you know like this could buy me 10 years it's like are, is the world what's the quality like what's yeah. the diagnosis of the world and yeah, everyone man. in the world it's how fun. different is it from mine it's scary yeah. because we've got this cancerous poison stuff going on right now you know like i said with all the division and the politicians and then yeah. you know people Even the getting, fucking earth fucking shaking us off yeah you know? like yeah climate and, is like a huge fucking oh thing. yeah and people not acknowledging certain things that they need to and like technology just ushering us into yeah, this man. spiritually devoid phase of yeah. this like it's like a simulated spirituality really through is. the machine yeah, yeah. that is not spirituality. No. People think they're getting in touch with their, like, you know, because their computer or phone is telling them to. Yeah. But yeah. it's not real, and yeah. it's just making people devoid of consciousness to the point where they put up with this stuff that no one ever would have put up with, you know, and believing stuff and, like, you know, brother versus brother, neighbor versus neighbor. Yeah. It used to just be okay to have different opinions. Now it's so, everyone's so militant in their beliefs that it's Polarized, just like, yeah. no, you're a little bit right and I'm a little bit right and mm-hmm. everyone has their opinion and that's what makes the world go round. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, we thought our way into this mess. Maybe we could think our way out. It's, you know, it's, you know it's, I would love, I mean, fuck, maybe we should fucking have another, because I would love to talk to you about, like, yeah, where shit's at right now and, like, your perspective on it. But I think for the sake of this podcast right now, we'd probably yeah. wrap it up. But oh, totally. Because I, 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 I would, I have so many questions, like what you're... you're and we could you're, edit it, too. It doesn't have no, to be eight it. hours maybe. long. <laughs> but I, I feel like you're on to something. I would love to, like, kind of the state, like not get into politics so much but i feel like in line with some stuff you know and and just kind of like yeah the state of of our world in that, that yeah i'd be totally yeah. down for that and All i right. appreciate the concept of what you're trying to project here like when you told me what this is and what we're going to do i was like wow it had slightly more appeal than your average interview because we're friends and i know yeah. you but 
conceptually it just was like okay and i think that you know like i would come back and it is important for people to start addressing issues 100 and yeah. kind of you know being there as kind of mutual support for each other hearing different opinions mm -hmm. and accepting different, different opinions mm -hmm. and different views yeah. and just kind of like you know because like stuff really has to change or the world totally. is just going to self-destruct yeah like, and, and i feel like it's totally you know, it's like, i mean yeah. we're right on the verge i mean it's closer than it's ever been know. you know yeah it's it's scary having a fucking 11 year old kid too it's like all right yeah. <laughs> you know it's like but it's at the same time too and like thank you for that 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 reflection about what, what my intention with this is but yeah it's like for me, man, it's like, you know, you've known me for a long time. I've always been searching outside of myself for fucking whatever. And, like, I realize, like, oh, it's all right here. And when I start bringing my awareness inward and my connection, then I won't be so complacent in how I can present um, to the world, you know, whether, yeah. whether it's a spiritual kind of connection or music and how all these different kind of things come together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I have an idea, but I can't really articulate it right, you know. Yeah. So maybe having conversations like this will help it kind of come to life in its own form. And I think, in a sense, we did it today. Well, it's like an exorcist, you know. It's yeah. like drawing the bad energy out into the open and kind of like uh, putting it out there and being like, okay, like. Well, that's a whole other thing I've been know. getting into is like through my mindfulness practice. Like I see you talk about and it's, it's a lot of like kind of witchcraft kind of stuff, which is I, I talk about that in a good way because that is just connection to the earth. We are these energetic beings, you know, we yeah. hold on to toxic energy, but we can also let release it and let the other energy our good energy that it's we haven't lost it. It's just kind of out here. But yeah. we're so toxic inside with this fucking whether it's emotional air energy or whatever it is, releasing it and letting the good energy come in, you know, it's like, yeah, it's this connection to this, you know, I don't know, man. Here we go. See, here I'm kind of getting on. The I know that's, a little bit. No, so we could, yeah, we could like we can go down the, that <laughs> rabbit hole, and I'd love to. But I, I think for the sake of what today is like, hearing about your 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 music path and spirituality and being in Santa Cruz. Um, I fucking I think we we got a good one, man. Cool, yeah, right on. Well, thanks, yeah. Joe. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, to be continued. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Hella Meditated podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stay up. Stay true. Be you.